Okay, hello. Well, hello. All right. Greetings. Aloha. Konnichiwa. Bonjour. Buenos dias. Guten tag. Um, uh, <laughs> salam alaikum. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the Kazakh one already. Dang. And the Russian. Dobre, dobre, dobre ye utro, I think is something like that. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, I got some Spanish for you. Here we go. We'll okay. do a little learning kiosk right now for the audience. Uh, repite, por favor. Mis pelotas. Mis pelotas. Son. Son. Muy peligroso. Muy peligroso. Yep. You got dangerous balls. Of course you do, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's just begin, all right? Uh, before any more gems come our way, we'll begin in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am rejoined by the one and only Dave Benedetto. How you doing, man? I am very copacetic. I'm better than copacetic, dude. I'm doing great. Um, I had a great time at uh, Wakapalooza in Vegas, and um, it was fantastic, man. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, that's probably going to be the longest intro ever. And I, I like it, man. I, I, I hit record as soon as you popped on. So, uh, you never know what we're, what we're going to get into. And, um, yeah, dude, I, I've been good. I'm, I'm kind of bummed I missed out. Um, you guys were getting me pretty hyped and I was like, oh, I, I can't go. And, um, you know, let's, let's, let's take some time to, you know, talk about that. You know, so how, how was it? I mean, there was a lot of hype, a lot of, um, a lot of really cool teases that we got. Um, you know, it was, it was really cool seeing Mark Acom just, you know, hopefully having fun and some of the clips he showed me. But um, how, how would you sum it up, man? How, how, how was it all together? I think it was incredibly fun. Um, there was less teams that I wanted uh, to come, but I totally understand, you know, there was nationals a couple weeks before. So, you know, that'll take a drain on the pocketbook. And then also uh, Andrew Ketchum, great guy. Uh, he was having a tournament in Arizona, so that, that pulled a lot of people away. And then also USA Dodgeball was taking, uh, doing their, their protein practice in Arizona. But I'll tell you, man, it was fucking awesome, dude. It was just fan-fucking-tastic. I think it really made a difference having the dodgeball out there on the manicured grass along with you know the 2,000 other kickballers. The kickballers were coming over. They were checking it out. Uh, we did some open gym, had a lot of fun. You know, I went to the parties and I talked to a lot of the kickballers and I talked to some of the teams down in Irvine. I talked to some of the teams from New York, from Florida. And they were all like, hey, you know what? If you guys had it on like a Thursday or Friday, we could totally do that and then do the dodgeball as well. So something to consider. Um, we did, a we just, just made it really fun. I mean, we did fucking seven hours of dodgeball in 90 degree heat and nobody complained or bitched at all. Hmm. Um, th there was one like minor, minor incident where one guy was drunk and he said the wrong thing and, you know, he was in the wrong, you know, uh, there was, there was one girl, uh, who got hit in the face and he said, take it like a man. And uh, so That's I needed to go. <laughs> that was not good. Yeah. That was not good. But this guy was hammered. He was fucking just loopy. And, you know, I encourage drinking at the tournament. So these things happen sometimes. You get some 
stupid males out there. Um, he ended up being totally cool after. And I talked to the girl several times and, you know, did a little Dr. Phil back and forth. And, um, you know, she wanted an apology. She never got the apology. I couldn't force the guy to give the apology, but I did both give him perspective. And uh, they ended up having a great time after, you know, they were smiling and playing. And we played seven hour. Other than that, there was no other complaints, nothing. Or at least no other, like, aggression. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we had a great time. We actually played. We did seven hours in the heat. Uh, I did set up the shade tents. That was actually thanks to Saw. We had tons of ice, tons of drink. Saw was coming by in his little beep, beep, this fucking golf cart. Um, just looking like some alcoholic out of Caddyshack, but in a good way. And just always filling us up with stuff, and it was great. We did between round robin and the playoffs we did uh me and mark and two other refs we we uh all dressed up in suits for the whole weekend and we played we played the i think we had like 12 uh, dodgeballers on the other side and we played them so it was really fun you know we had a great rapport with the refs i mean we were the refs we had a great rapport with the players and uh everybody said they'd have a great time and uh that they're gonna come back so I was uh, I was pleased with how it went. Good man. Yeah, I, I would hope you guys had a great rapport and relationship with yourselves. That would uh, be kind of confusing, but um, well, that's good. Um, will yeah. we be looking around the same time for for next year, around October? Um, well, you know what? I am at my hands are tied. I'm at the mercy of Wakapalooza's schedule. Mm. So, you know, we might run into the same issue next year with nationals. And, and honestly, that's fine. Um, you know, I started this thing, you know, with like a month of, of playtime, you know, to of, of prep time, if you want to call it that. Now I've got a whole year. So we did a ton of filming and video. We're getting all that stuff together. We'll do some little media packages. And, you know, I, I want us to get to like Sin City where, you know, people are already signed up, you know, six months out. So the way that you get that is you advertise early. And then also I've got to, I've got to start getting some other areas other than just USA dodgeball. I mean, I have a, a ton of friends in there and I love the people there, but you know, if they're going to have the nationals, you know, a couple weeks before, you know, I can't assume people are going to want to, you know, go to both, you know, right. Ours is a different experience too. All of the, ours is all about fun, dude. I mean, you know, people were stoned, people were drunk. You know, uh, Mark had this amazing, he got, you can, did you know you can buy this on Amazon? It's a champagne uh, gun. And what it is, it, well, you like weapons. This, this would be good when you want to get your confirmed alcoholic kill, you know. Um, it's a metal device and you put it at the top, you pop the champagne bottle and then you insert it and the bottle goes up like a super soaker. And, uh, we were just feeding each other the refs all day. And then the players, they bought drink packages and they brought their own stuff. So it's a different experience than nationals, I think. Um, Sounds like it's slightly different. You know, pretty, you know, small differences here and there. Yeah. Nuances. I mean, I think the, I mean, I think the mindset's a little different. You know, USA Dodge Bullets to, to absolutely see what you're capable of, you know, to train for you know, to push yourself to the physical peak, to hone in on your, you know, unit as a team and articulate your communication and, you know, 
thrive as as you hit new plateaus. Right. For us, it's just to throw balls and get drunk. So, um, and then of course everybody goes to the parties, and that was that really uh, was good having it on the field because people saw how fun it was on the field, and then a lot of the dodgeballers went to the parties after. So, that's good. Um, that sounds other, like a yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh no, the other thing is is that also too. Um, I just talked to my buddy Josh out there. We had some local. We had a local team that came out, and, and so. Uh, I just talked to him yesterday and he's going to find a gym out there and we're going to do a locals dodgeball tournament. Um, as soon as he gets the gym, I'm going to go out there and I just need to start building the base, you know, because it's different than USA dodgeball. I mean, USA dodgeballers are absolutely invited. We want them to come, but uh, you know, I need to start, I need to start reaching out to locals out there too. Yeah. Well, I, I think you, you had a really good point where, you know, this is, depending on where this lands next year, this could be a really good like decompression event because, um, you know, nationals and the buildup with all the tour stops or not tour stops, but all the, you know, rounds, um, you know, you're, you're for the most part, you're, you should be focused on playing at your best and conditioning and, and practicing and taking it very, very, very seriously. And then, you know, what, what better way to decompress and to maybe do something on the, uh, on the walk side. So hopefully this does grow and, you know, this gives people a chance to look forward to next year and it's timed, um, with less conflict, but it sounds like a, a great event. And, um, I can't tell you enough, man, like how many times I kept replaying the, put the bunny back in the box thing. Cause I just <laughs> could not stop laughing at that. Dude. <laughs> like, I literally, uh, Shades, dude. he is just, you know, he is just the endurance triathlete of actors, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, didn't he lose a bunch of money, like, on some scheme or something, and he was broke, and then he had to go back and make all these shitty movies? I think he just wanted to. I mean, I don't yeah. know. The, the... Yeah, I think it was him and Kevin Bacon. They they made a bunch of shitty investments. I mean, I'm serious. I know it sounds like a joke, but they literally got to the point where they, were, they weren't living the lifestyle they used to. So, I mean, you know, Kevin Bacon will do anything, you know, like he's doing a sequel called Footlooser. Oh no. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking weird, dude. You know, he goes to Sweden, he's in clogs, you know, everybody rall rallies around one of those windmills and, you know, they dance to the sound of churning butter. I mean, it's just insane, but you know, whatever makes the money. So, well, that's, uh, last thing I saw Kevin Bacon do was, like do that song about corn because that kid made this hilarious song about corn and then kevin bacon's like i need to cash in on this real quick and i don't know if kevin bacon is that type but i was like yeah dude like let the six-year-old have his have his time in the spotlight so i don't know footloose or why not what a dick dude fuck kevin bacon bro (laughs) wait what's this he took a song away from a six-year-old or he copied he tried to emulate it yeah because like this this kid was just like four five six years old and just says i like corn and he was just like singing you know as six-year-olds probably do when it comes to corn and um it was a funny cute song dare i say and um you know it went viral for its 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 time kind of like that kid that you know said i like turtles and then um i was just about to say nobody no no uh no guy's ever taken his turtle thunder away so that right. was nice yeah I was, so i was waiting for a pause but go ahead yeah so enter enter kevin bacon like you know a week after the fact and he's sitting on his porch and playing his guitar and decided to sing i like corn like eh, i mean nah dude <laughs> let the kid have it I, I don't know but uh yeah well 
no, I mean, no, dude. I don't, I don't, I think you do know, dude. I think, um, uh, I think fuck Kevin Bacon, dude. Can we say that on the count of three? Is that, is that gonna, is that gonna create some negativity or? You know, I, I'm still watching the, the swear words on my end, but you, you may. I will, I will say, I'll count down to three for you. All right. All right. One, two, three. Fuck That's Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yep. All right. Sorry. I got a little excited there. It's... I didn't want to take that from you, but, um, yeah, so I mean, um, I kind of wanted to do this a couple of ways. Like, I, I definitely want to spend a few minutes kind of just recapping um, Wakapalooza, but then, you know, I still haven't had a chance to release um, the after hours interview with just you and me after Saw uh, left. And, you know, I was kind of listening to it. Um, you know, we went from talking about Ballast Day to I think we are about to end off on you'd ask if I had a conscience now or if I, my conscience was more developed. We got into NDL. I mean, we went back and forth, which is fine. And the only reason why I'm, I'm prefacing this is because depending on how this is edited, we're probably going to jump into that piece now. I am copacetic. I'm good. Um, I had to look that word up. I wanted to be prepared. Uh, you know, a little mystery. Honestly, jokes aside, I'm doing great, man. Um, having a great year teaching. Fantastic this year. Um, the whole COVID thing. The kids have finally caught up with their socialization. So they're just they're really sweet, man. They're just really sweet. Like they're just smiling like a fucking toothpaste commercial. And I'm not exaggerating. It's just it's just been great this year. So, you know, I'm I'm a big extrovert, you know. Like if somebody smiles at me, it just gets my juices going and then all of a sudden I'm happy. You know, it works the other way too. So um I'm kinda high maintenance like a Ferrari, you know. So High performance too, if you're into you know that kind of thing. Um, how, are, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And um, before we just go off the rails, because it's, it's just going to happen um, on the off chance <laughs> no one knows who you are, let's just do the real quick. You know, give me a, a, a minute spill of, of who you are, and, and and let's just see where that goes. Okay. Um, so I'm old. I'm going to be 50 this year, and um, happy. Oh, oh shit! I feel yeah, you young. are. What's that? I, I just, I just, I just realized, um, damn, you haven't aged at all, man. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. You don't look I thought, it. I thought you were saying like, oh shit. Cause like you had a circuit board go bad or your Ram got robbed or something. Mentally. Yeah. Yes. Because in my mind I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Dave's like 40. But then I was like, no, I just turned 40. Holy crap. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> How does it? How does it feel to turn 40, man? It, it doesn't feel as bad as I thought. Um, I have been taking, knock on wood, very good care of myself to be able to function. And, um, you know, when you're 20, 25, and I, I owe so many 40-year-olds uh, an apology because back then you don't you think 40 is ancient and you're going to be, you know, just, just old and decrepit. And, you know, I am. Like, I definitely have my grumpy moments. But, uh, dude, I, the, the stuff I get away with, um, I shouldn't. So I'm glad I'm... I'm gifted or lucky or fortunate enough, however you want to put it, to, to be able to still play dodgeball and still feel decent, you know. Um, sometimes, though, you know, the knee or the shoulder will, will hurt longer than it should. But other than that, man, 40 is treating me pretty well so far. Hey, you know, speaking of the going from disgracing to embracing the, the 40s. That's a great way to put um, it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what What's going on with Ballast Day, man? Because I know, you know... Um, Everybody loves your product, and there's there's some some incredibly loyal followers out there, man. Um, 
has your has your fighting overseas and going overseas has that kind of been made it difficult to to keep that rolling like you know because you're just busy with other stuff i'm not gonna dodge the question but uh you still owe you me an introduction to, you don't have to answer it i just uh i'm sure people want to know you know yeah no i'm happy to, to address that but um you still owe me a, a brief one minute introduction of who you are so tell me your life story and your dodgeball career your dodgeball everything just just in case again people know who you are because we okay. did get sidetracked for a second okay um Let's see. Uh, you know, I started out doing dodgeball back in 2000, 2001. Um, I was dating and uh, some girl, some nice lady. I was in my late 20s and she's like, hey, let's go out and play dodgeball. And I'm like, I haven't played that since sixth grade. And I remember in sixth grade, we did it totally different. It's actually the way that I do it uh, when I go out and play dodgeball with the kids now. So it's nice to see it's still around. Have you ever played the dodgeball where when you get out, you go on to the other side, the out of bounds. And so now you can throw the ball. And so it's just, just chaos on meth, man. Like you've got to look back and you've got to look for, do you understand how I'm laying this out? Are you talking about trench? Or are you talking about the way, like the, I think the Japanese style. That makes no, sense. The Japanese no, totally no, because they, no, because they, those, those positions are set. So you're talking about trench. Okay. So trench, I'm thinking like, uh, yeah, like world war two. Remember when the Russians were retreating from Germany and the own Russians were shooting them. Yes. It's a great tactic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What and better Russia, way to instill you know, fighting spirit in your men than by, <laughs> by shooting them. God damn. Right. <laughs> Right, so yeah, terrible. kill them with kindness, but don't forget the bullets. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, yeah, so literally, you're trying to throw at people in front of you, and then when you get them out, they go behind you, and they're trying to get you out. So you're like a freaking human lazy Susan, you know? Yep, so very paranoid. Getting back, yeah, just crazy. Total. That is great for, like, schizophrenics and people that are paranoid. <laughs> just fantastic, you know? Hey, I'm a left. No, I'm a righty. I'm a left. Okay. I'm just not safe, so, and, period. Yeah. Yeah. Ne- needless to say, um, just judging by my frenetic personality here, when I actually went on the date with this girl, I never even bothered to find her because I was so excited to be playing the dodgeball. So I just showed up, played dodgeball, and never met the girl, but I was hooked on dodgeball. And so, you know, since then, it's just been. Um, I don't know. I mean, I did ESPN two commentary for the UDC for seven years. I was on the game show network for extreme dodgeball for three years. And this is like um, 2004, 2005 time for, I've got, oh, I'm looking yeah. at it right now, extreme dodgeball. Yeah. TV series, 2004 with uh, Mario Lopez. Right. And some, some like low, low level celebrities. Uh, what, what team were you on? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, I started out doing the, um, armed response and they just had us all by they're like hey just tell everybody you're security guards you yeah know? <clears throat> and you're and from I chicago actually, or these various cities that you guys all from la yeah yeah and so i remember chipping one of my teeth on season three when i was playing with mario lopez there was a the budget had gotten bigger uh each year and so they had this gorgeous just beautiful i'm sure she was smart too but this is i'm just based on what i'm seeing you know um this gorgeous woman named michelle merkin and um 
I was an idiot back then. And I was, I was drunk during all the episodes. So I, I uh, pretended I was a dog and she had her dre- her room. It wasn't a dressing room. It was just like her room thing. Maybe it was, I don't know, but the door was open. So I threw a muffin in there and I got on all fours and I just barked and I ran in there. Like, I mean, I didn't rant. What do dogs do when they move like gallop or what, what the hell do they run? Do dogs run? Yeah, dogs run. Okay. So dog, I dog ran uh, into the room on all fours and I slammed my face down to get the muffin, but I chipped my tooth. So, um, that's why my teeth look like a jack-o'-lantern. That's probably they canceled but the show, yeah. right? After that, no more. Like, yeah, we're yeah done. after that, it was, you know, OSHA came in, you know, State Farm, you know, that's why they left California, actually. They don't insure anymore. So, but they're working that out in the courts right now to try to bring some of the private insurers back into the state. So, yeah. And then I've just been doing, we did, I did NBL at Prentice was weird. And then, um, I, I met my best friend, Mark Acom, and he did elite dodgeball. And um, I just fucking love that guy, man. I'm so happy to be doing this with him. But, you know, me and him, we talk every day. He's just an amazing guy. And uh, so now I'm doing some of my own leagues. You know, I do some events in Santa Clarita. Um, I just help other leagues. I'm going to start a help start a league in Agora. You know, I try to help out ASSL for Thousand Oaks. They're fantastic. And uh, just try to just try to help people in my old age. You know, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. Do you also go by uh, Sensei Dave? Dave's Dojo. I did Dodgeball Dojo for a while. And um, I love doing that entertaining. You know, me and Mark. Mark was the one who was actually filming those. And, um, you know, if you ever get a chance, YouTube Master Dave's Dodgeball Master Dojo. Master Dave, that's what it was. My you'll uh, you'll yeah. get a kick out of them. Yeah, yeah you... Master Dave, uh, Dodgeball Dojo. Yeah, YouTube, if you get a chance, you'll you'll get it. If you like to laugh and, you know, you like low-grade humor and you, you buy into the concept that laugh at the stupid stuff, you'll live longer. Uh, I think you'll have a great time with those. Um, also, uh, yeah. Golden Syndicated, uh, was it Golden State Syndicated Podcast? One of the first uh, Dodgeball podcasts that ever came out, right? 2015, I think it's you, Mark, Vince. Yeah, we did that together. Um, I ended up just, I was going under severe depression after we shot several of those. I had a great time with those guys. And um, so that was, so I left that. And then they continued to do that for a little while. But that was definitely fun. We would all sit in a car together and uh, like a Honda Civic and, and just do it right before we play dodgeball. So I love, I love doing commentary stuff where it's like, just right on the fly, just improv, you know, and that's what we did. And uh, hopefully people enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't, it didn't last as long. I think one of the reasons it didn't last as long is um, we didn't prepare material, you know, like yours has an incredible following. Yours has definitely numbers wise, way more successful than we ever were. And if I just reflect for a second, I think it's because listening to some of your podcasts, you do a lot of legwork, man. And you, you just let speakers speak. And I think that's really, really good uh, formula for success. So I'm glad you're doing well with this, man. It, it's really cool. Thanks, man. I've had a, I've had a lot of help. And, um, you know, Sergio is really, I, I say this as much as I can because I, I can't praise the guy enough, but he's really gotten us, like, extensive reach. Um, the guy knows so much. It, it's sometimes eerie. And um, 
you know, with, with everybody that's come on either as a guest or as a panelist, they, they'll do their homework too. Like they'll, I remember, uh, Christy Stevens, uh, she blew my mind cause I remember she actually had notes to, to give me some insight, um, on the South when they were just getting started. So, um, you know, it's definitely not a, an all me thing, but I, I definitely appreciate that, man. And, and you guys were definitely an inspiration for it. So was, um, David Tates when he had the book of dodgeball, cause he would just have, you know, yeah. the long form interviews is like, that's what I want because we would have, um, we'd have guests on for like five, 10 minutes. And I just felt like the, 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 these guys had so much more to say. Like, I just want to, you know, just n- not apologize for how long these things go and let them talk and share the stories. And it's, it's been fun, man. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, like it says, it goes back to purpose. You know, once you get into forties, you know, purpose starts to kick in a little more, you know, that stuff that, you know, oh, makes you sleep me. well at night. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's purpose that makes you sleep well at night. And then there's purpose that, you know, makes you uh, try to get sober by the next day. So, <laughs> you know, I think we're in more of the purpose that makes you sleep well. At night. Yeah. I think you described forced purpose. Like I have to work tomorrow. I need to be functional. Okay. Um, forced purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sound like a postman, but that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> well, yeah. to go back to your question on, on ball stakes, I, I didn't want to uh, evade that one. Um, basically overseas definitely through a wrench in the gears uh coming back though that was rough um there was a lot going on in various aspects of my life and i just did not know how to balance them and the worst thing was i was not grounded um i thought i was um and the crazy thing is i I had deployed before and i I thought I knew better. I'm like, oh, pff, whatever. This is different. I'm the company commander. So what do I got to worry about? Um, a lot. So, um, you, you take the, what was different about it, by the way, if you don't mind me, the different, the, the difference for me was I was, I was responsible for other people. Um, like I was the company commander. So I, I took 87, uh, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, out and um you know they they were in dangerous spots and um it's when when you are in charge of these people um and and you're looking at situations where you may have to write some really not cool letters back home um and that's on your shoulders that 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 takes a toll on you that i never never thought i would experience um we um when we had our send-off ceremony um I'll, i'll never forget this like we were um, about to walk out from all the pomp, all the circumstance, like the, the gen, the adjutant general, the tag, the Atlantic component commander, they all gave these amazing, stupid speeches that nobody cared about. We're on the news, we're doing all this stuff. And then as we were walking out, I, I, I swear to God, I heard someone say, take care of my son, Steve. And I was like, why the fuck did you just say that? Like, that's when I was like, holy crap, this is uh, you know, to, to quote you, I was like, fuck, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that was very sobering. Um, and I don't know if they were addressing me personally, or maybe there was another Steve who was an NCO, but like, I don't know, man, like I, I can't speak for what's like having kids, but I definitely felt like I was responsible for 87 of them out there. And, um, I, I did not sleep well when I knew I was sending them down into Iraq during the very, uh, tumultuous Iraq election season, um, <laughs> to Syria where they were getting shelled pretty bad. Um, lot of stuff I just, just held in. And, um, you know, the last thing I want to worry about is knee pads when I get home and it wasn't so much like, um, worrying about knee pads. It was just the manufacturer just 
you know, dropped the ball on us big time. Like they, not only did they stop producing knee pads for us, they also stopped responding in a timely manner. And then I found out that they gave one of our like proprietary prototypes to another company and they wouldn't make that one for us. So I was like, well, F you guys, I'm, I'm going elsewhere. And that was, I want to say it was a mistake, but like it, it just sucked because I've, I've had to go through four or five manufacturers since then. And, um, you know, if, if you, if you, if you credit the, you know, I come prepared when it comes to the podcast, like I, I cannot in good conscience sell a crappy pair of knee pads. And that's all I've been dealing with. Like the last year and a half is just batch after batch. They've come so short. And, um, you, you throw that in with just the fact that it's not a priority and you're not based, you're depressed as crap and nothing seems to make sense anymore. It, it was just a, a whirlwind of just, um, I wasn't me, man. Um, and the unfortunate thing is when you have, you know, tangible things like Ball Day and the Dodgeball podcast and friendships and relationships, that kind of just goes downhill with you. So that's in a nutshell what happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely out of it now. Um, the manufacturer that we have is actually a lot more responsive. Um, I like what I'm seeing. We literally just got the small batch that we're going to start selling two days ago. So, you know, today being... Wednesday, September twenty seventh. Uh, we'll probably make like a little small announcement saying, "Hey, we're we're back open," and then um, yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, dude, it was just a lot to a lot of life happening for me that uh, you know just wasn't really going my way. And uh, you know, when you when you deprioritize things, uh, you know, people feel it. So that that's kind of what happened. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, man. It, it gets me thinking, man. And. Uh, I'm really glad that that you didn't quit on on doing the knee pads. It, it sounds like it's just been just a huge, a huge, uh, so many variables, man. And usually a couple of variables, people just tap out. So I think kudos to you, man. You know that's got to feel good. And and not only I think moreover, mm. not the biggest thing that you probably feel good about. I mean, I'm not going to suggest how you should feel good. But I would say that the biggest thing you probably feel good about is it goes back to in good conscience. You know, I think maybe the theme of our, our discussion today should be getting older and growing a conscious. Um, I know for me, like, for example, there's like I do I do a, some tournaments in Santa Clarita now. Um, but in Santa Clarita, the, there's a group out there that asked me to run their league last month. And I said, okay, well, I said, well, what do you charge uh, a person? And they said, well, we charge about 150, you know, six people on a court, it's 900 bucks, you know, and yeah, they can have a couple more people, but basically it's 150 a person, you know, if you look at six on a court and I says, you know, I says, I can't in good conscience, you know, just to talk about what you're talking about, man. I think when you get older, your conscious kind of kicks in. I know in my twenties, I would have been fucked. Yeah, dude, you know, I don't own shit. I need money, you know. I want to take a girl out once in a while. Fuck yeah, let's charge them 150 if they'll pay it. Supply and demand, bitch, you know. But I think, I think as as we get older, I mean, you might have had a conscious your whole life. I, I how long have I known you for, uh, Stephen? How long have we known each other for? So you played with me on Texas Shade, and I actually oh, saw you the for NBL, the first, yeah, professional dodgeball season two, 2007. Uh, you. <laughs> You, you, I don't, do you remember what, do you know what you did to your leg? Like you had, first of all, you, are, you already have, up. yeah, you have monstrous yeah. calves, but you have like this 
dude, I didn't, I looked at him, he's like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, he's just hobbling over here and he's freaking crazy for like, you, you showed up for us. We and, did the uh, toilet paper thing. Remember we had the toilet paper chair? Um, for the shade? With that. Yeah, with the shade. Yeah, yeah. something that Prentice didn't like, but uh, yeah, man, uh, almost 20 years, man. Well, I'm, I'm sure Prentice could find problems with the Bible, you know, he's just <laughs> super conservative, you know. But I, I still have that same injury. I pulled my calf so bad that it just, it went way up. It grew so another calf. calf. Yeah, one of them is like a ball, and the other one's like an oak. And I, I can't believe you remember that. And I still played. I just sat there. And that's how I got the idea of just sitting to catch the balls. So, and, and that's a recommendation for all you kids out there. Um, you know, if you're tired, you know, towards the end of the game, or if you just want a mental edge, just sit down in the back. Yeah. You know, I mean, because the best way to catch a ball is three points of contact, you know, and so, and it reduces, and that's what happens when a, when a ball's thrown at you now, you know, because you're sitting there and you can't really catch it with your hands. And the person that's throwing psychologically, you can't help it. You want to throw right at their chest when they're sitting down because there's no options. There's no fucking surface area, you know? Yeah. It's just like half a human, you know? So, but I can't believe you remember that stuff, man. That yeah, is wild, I, dude. My memory so we is. we each other for, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. My memory is, is weird like that. I'll remember like where you were, I could go right to Tarkanian today and show you where you stood when, when I noticed you. And, uh, but, you know, ask me something in the, in my job field, like, Hey, what is, you know, what, what's the regulation for field communications? Like, Oh, like it's just, it's very selective what I remember. So bazooka, yeah. bazooka, the, I shoot bazooka, big one's the sun. I shoot bazooka to sun. Yeah. Land on bad guy. No, yeah. But, um, pa uh, point towards, uh, was it fa face towards enemy? There you go. Yeah. Face, <laughs> face toward enemy. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, yes. it, it, almost twenty years, man. Almost freaking wow, twenty dude. years. Wow. So, do you feel like you've grown more of a conscience uh, as you've gotten older? Or have you always kind of had a conscience? I don't want to sound like an a hole, but dude, I, I feel like I've always had one. I've always been a Boy Scout, and um, you, you know, when th th things that get me is like, anytime someone says, "I trust you, Steve," I'm like, "Well, I will die before I lose that trust." Um, and that that's that's the kind of stuff that weighs on me um not necessarily in a, in a bad way but i don't want to say i live for that stuff it's just it, it means so much when people place any any inkling of trust in me for whatever reason so people that bought ball state people that proudly support ball state people that like to this day wear like a ball state t-shirt or a headband like that that that's the kind of stuff that will pull me out of my own rut just to keep it, keep up with them. Um, anyone that's ever pushed play, you know, uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're in your car on your way to work or you're in your living room, like th those are the things that fuel me. But the, the integrity has always been, I don't know, maybe it's just like a hardcore Catholic upbringing. But, um, you know, you say like, have I always had a conscience? I think maybe I'm getting, I don't know, man, it's hard to say. Like, I, I, I can't just, cause I feel like a, like a dick saying I've always had it, but, um, well, I mean, it, it, it you're just being honest people, yeah. you know, look, listen, man, I don't think you're lying. And then also too, 
you know, it's like with me, people love or love you or hate you, but you know, it's, if you're honest with people, they'll respect you. So I, I appreciate you sharing this stuff, you know, um, I don't even have a joke for that. I think that's, I think that's great, man. I think that's great that you found what makes you happy, man. You know, and trust is a big thing that makes you happy. You know, for me, it's making people laugh. That makes me happy. I mean, sixth grade is just six hours of stand up with homework. You know, that's how you get the buy-in, you know, so. Yeah, because you, you teach uh, math, right? So you've got like a tough subject already. Yeah, like I'll give you an example. What's What subject, uh, what subject in history did you, uh, did you enjoy learning about the most? In sixth grade? In any grade, just anything you want, man. What What did you le- learn in history that you enjoyed learning about? What topic do you like learning about? Naturally, I'm drawing a blank. I, I loved astronomy. Like that was philosophy. Um, okay. All right. What did What What did Aristotle say to uh, Ptolemy? Did they live no. in the same time frame? I don't think they talked to no, each other. No, okay. No, nothing, because they're 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 fucking dead. Man. Oh, okay. So. You know, that's that's the comedy that brings the kids to the table. Mr. Yeah. B, you're swearing. Yeah, I'm sorry. What are you going to do? So, you know. Well, <laughs> I'm, te- I'm telling you, you know. Yeah. No, I wouldn't swear in front of the kids, but you get the idea. So. Yeah, I mean, some of my best teachers were the, were the you know, the ones that didn't fit the mold. They were the the ones that talked to you like you're a person and, and try to make you laugh and try to make it exciting. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Do you have one that, that you remember that was, that was funny like that? Yeah. Seventh grade, Mr. Die, social studies, hilarious. Um, <laughs> the guy is hilarious. I, I remember one time I was, I just walked up to turn in my paper and, um, I, I tripped on my desk and I started like stumbling and I caught myself and I put the, the paper on, on his basket He's all easy. They're graceful, and I, I just lost my shit. I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> the guy was so sharp, um, and he like he he really thinking now. He probably got away with lots of stuff that he couldn't get away with now. But he had this little bike horn, and he literally said on the first day, he's like, "All right, guys, so this is this is my horn, and I I, I call it horny. And anytime anytime we're gonna cover something that." Uh, you know, covers a test or something. I'm just going to say it right now. And I know it's going to sound like, but when I get horny and he starts like beeping it, and, but you know, he, he was, he was cool talking about that. So yeah. Oh God. Without hesitation. Dude. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Mr. Die. What a, what a, what a dude. That guy was awesome. Um, and, and again, like, you know, the teachers that show up for their kids that, that are passionate, that, that give a shit, they're going to be the ones that you remember forever. And that was 30 years ago, man. So Fuck yeah, dude. That's fucking awesome, man. You know, and you got to be fearless when you teach. You got to push the lines, you know. Like I run um, during my lunchtime, I teach. um, I run intramurals at my lunch. And so today I, uh, you know, we got a new principal. You know, I've only known him for a couple of weeks. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just do my agenda and uh, see if it's accepted in society. So what I did is, is I. uh, I had all the kids, you know, usually we're doing it in the gym and I got the music cranked up and I'm like, all right, we're going to go outside today. So, um, I put all their little jerseys on and then I brought out all these like cut up pieces of like cloth and I says, okay, we're going to play soccer. They're like, yay. And I'm like, all right, uh, come here, kid. And this kid comes over and I tie my arm to another kid's arm and I'm like, we're a team. And then I got them all excited, you know, cause I'm good at that. So I get them all excited. I'm like, all right, everybody pair up. 
and tie yourselves together. So all the kids tied up in groups of two or three. And then we did this huge, like 60 yard soccer field. And it was like maybe 40 kids. And I'm telling you, they fucking loved it, dude. You know, because they're running around and they're trying to keep their partner from falling over. And they did good. You know, like, man, it was a couple of falls. No, no, no bruises. And the principal kind of peaked and he went over and watched it. and He liked it. And um, that's a good teacher, you know, as a teacher that takes risks. And they're not afraid to stamp, imprint, you know, um, inkwell their personality into the curriculum. So I think that's great. My favorite teacher was Mr. Shrump. He had a horn as well. Horns, I guess, were the thing back in the day. They must have been. Because... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so they, they must have been. That's that's two for two already. Okay. Yeah. So um, he was a white dude, redhead, and he had curly hair. So he literally looked like Ronald McDonald, but he was, you know, like he had more of a, you know, gnarled face, you know, worn out from the years of teaching, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, back to the positive. So he was freaking hilarious. He would wear these, these, cowboy boots and he would get up on his wooden dance and dance around his wooden desk and dance around like the cha-cha and if you fucked up i love it he would look at you he would stare at you and all good teachers have the ability not to blink when they're they're persevering and you know just just slamming their message home and he would say go to your mommy and flush make two flushes foil hair four hail marys and he would do like the religious you know catholic signs you know penance and he was that he was freaking amazing, dude. And he was the one who gave me the idea when I became a teacher to have a costume closet. You know, yesterday I was having my students read to each other. And I'm like, all right, you're going to partner up. And one of you is going to be a second grader. And so then I gave them all these weird-ass hats to wear. And the kids love it, man. So um, I'm glad you got a teacher that, that you remember. And if there's any teachers listening, just, just be fucking weird, dude. You know? Don't don't be the guy that a club would have you as a member, you know, or want you as a member, you know. So. Well, also, I mean, thank you too. I mean, that's that's not a that's not an easy gig, and God knows it pays not why you do it. So, <clears throat> you definitely have a huge respect for for teachers of of any any fashion. Well, I I respect you going out and defending our freedoms, man. I mean, we're lucky to be living in America, man. You know, I mean, I don't think we're number one, you know, but. We're definitely in the top five. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at some of these other countries where you can't even say what you want to say. So, I appreciate that, man. Like, I, I always feel weird, like when they say defending our, our country, because I don't know what the hell is doing out there. I mean, I could tell you what I was doing, but it's, it, it bore you to death. But I will say, like, dude, watching watching Afghanistan fall, um, I guess I could talk about it now. So, I had I had access to drone footage and I could see things happen in real time. And let me just say, man, like there's so many messed up things happening in the world. And I'm just so grateful that I, I don't have to worry about that here with my loved ones. Um, by no means are we perfect. You know, we definitely have our issues, but like, ah, oh, man, um, there, there's, there's just a lot of things being in these bad places make you super grateful. You're like, thank God, you know, my friends don't have to live through that. Well, I mean, also, too, as a consolation, you know, and I, I get it. You know, there's all these ulterior motives for going to war. And like you said, we can talk about that for a while. But, you know, as a consolation, it provides some structure for, you know, a given period of time. I mean, 
the economy just just went to hell after you guys left and Afghanistan definitely GDP just dropped incredibly. I was reading like last week we we're looking up the countries and yeah the economy I know we were researching some of the countries last week students and we were pulling some numbers like 60 to 80 percent of Afghanistan is is now at the poverty level um, it's it's definitely dropped out as, as some of the articles was once you guys left you know is that truth to that I mean I, I don't really know what their economy was but I know that um, everything that we tried to set in place was just thrown to the winds the Taliban came in and cleaned house and now they have access to all kinds of wonderful toys that they should never have access to but um, yeah it, it's it's yeah. it's bad um, I remember seeing a lot of refugees coming into our camp and like you know fathers daughters uh, families I, I remember like one time I saw this one little, little girl she's probably like two years old just coming in and just terrified poor little thing and just you know Unfortunately, we locked eyes. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, thank God they made it. But, like, how many didn't? And then also, where are they going? You know, they're they're going to be in a camp in the middle of nowhere. They're, they might make it to the States if they're lucky. But, like, I, I can't imagine ever having to watch somebody I care about go through that. Like, hey, we're getting invaded by some bad people. We need to take what we can and get the hell out of here. And if we don't make it in time, we're going to die. And if not... um, you know, we, we can't take everyone. So I, I just, it's very eye opening when you go overseas and you see what happens and you come back here and a lot of things that people get very riled up over don't, don't seem to make any sense at all. And again, I, yeah, I don't ever so want to, what's that? Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't ever want to take away yeah. what people go through here, but like sometimes it just changes your perspective. You're like, man, are we really, are we really going to get the head up in arms about, you know, um, I don't know, like, like insert event here that people are really pissed off over right now. Right. No, I hear what you're saying. It's all about perspective. Uh, teachers will send me kids, you know, I teach sixth grade, but they'll send me like seventh and eighth graders. It's just, they, they just no motivation, you know, and uh, they've got an attitude issue. And so the first thing I'll do, I won't yell at them because they're used to that. I'll sit them down by my computer and I'll just pull up the poorest most you know dilapidated uh malnourished children i could find on the internet you know from india from africa from you know any any third world country and i just have a conversation with them and i eventually guide them to perspective you know like that you know do you have a house you know you have to pay for to do all you know, look at these kids they give their right arm their freaking right arm just to be in your situation and, you know, in Afghanistan, ever since the Taliban took over, no women can go to school now. It's insane, man. And so as a result, they have a huge shortage of doctors, of other professions, because, you know, when you guys were there and before, you know, and when you were, you know, changing some of the, the curriculum, you know, women were still able to, you know, that's, that's not true anymore. So it's kind of yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have to work with um, nationals there when I was there 10 years ago, but, you know, it's, it just sucks. He's like, there's a lot of people that 
believed in us. They, they believed that we were going to help them not, not just earn their freedom, but help them maintain a new way of life that, that some of them would never have gotten to experience. And we just bailed on them. We, as in, you know, the U S and I just feel like our credibility really took a big, big shit there. But, um, yeah, that's, that's actually one thing. So you asked earlier, like, you know, do I feel like I'm more, more, uh, what word you used earlier more uh well the conscious the yeah, word conscious. I use was conscious you know do you, do you feel like you're you're more conscious of um you know what's right and what's not you know do you I, have a conscious i think i'm more like i try to be more understanding of what people go through in their own individual journeys like because like you said earlier okay you know if someone's complaining they're not motivated but then you show them a picture of this poor kid in india it's like it doesn't I feel like I'm going to just contradict myself because I also understand what people go through. First of all, I I just realize everyone's going through something. And I think what I'm trying to work on more as a person is just being empathetic to anything they're going through. Like, okay, someone at work is like, oh man, I'm so tired. And you know, the natural reaction is like, oh yeah, me too. I haven't slept in four hours, but you you just, I think people just want to be listened to. And that's, that's something I'm I'm trying to work on is just listening to people and validating them. Oh my gosh, dude, just to listen to somebody, you know, um, but you know, and, and to hear them, it's, it makes such a huge, I mean, I think me and you're very similar, you know, we get, we get motivated off people being happy and stuff, but you know, life's a circle, man. That's what I teach. You know, if you look at the wars, we fight a war every 30 years, you know, I mean, it was civil war, then it was world war one, then it was world war two, then Vietnam in the seventies, 30 years later was year 2000 and 30 years is about the amount of time you get people to forget about their history. You know, I mean, everything's a fucking circle, man. The planet's a circle, your circulatory system, the life cycle, the food chain. It's not a chain. It's a cycle. I was teaching my uh, students that they eat poop uh, a couple weeks ago. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, what do you like burgers? They're like, yeah, I should eat a cow. So, uh, cow, you eat the cow, right? The cow eats the grass. What makes the grass grow? Well, the shit that comes out of the cow. Mr. B, stop swearing. I mean, I don't swear with the kids, but, you know, I don't know. Life's a circle, man. So, yeah. I'm glad we're playing dodgeball because dodgeball's a circle. Yeah. I mean, dodgeball's um, like what gets me out of that crap sometimes, most of the time. Like, you get that yeah. mindless state of being for 20, 30 minutes and, bliss like man i didn't i didn't think i didn't think about a single thing that whole time other than don't get hit catch ball hit guy with ball throw throw ball relatively hard yeah i think people i think i think dodgeball the more you play it the more you just want it to just just kind of have a social aspect to it you know um and not have to deal with stack teams and stuff like that you know um i think that's one of the things the challenges that usa dodgeball faced a little bit this year um, I, I, I love USA dodgeball. I think they're going to continue to grow. You know, it was, uh, you know, everything. Um, but I think when people play at, you know, the USA dodgeball stuff, they want to feel like they have a chance, you know? And, um, but I think more importantly, they just want to have a good time. It's just, you know, I mean, God, man, there's so many good friends. All my, all my great friends I've made from dodgeball. And dodgeball's the best fucking sport to socialize. Baseball, I just, I find it as boring as fuck, man. Basketball, there's always just 
too much testosterone and you know you can physically foul and so chicks just kind of get the girls women sorry not chicks um they get you know just kind of they don't get to be a part of it you know but with dodgeball like a woman can just dominate you know and so i feel like women get treated equally in the sport um you know, as close as any sport is going to treat women as equal as men. And I mean, I consider them to be equal. So I'm not trying to like ruffle feathers here, but you know, it's, it's, that's kind of a great way to, to see the sport. When people go, they feel like, you know, they can socialize with women and have fun. And women don't feel like they have to hand the ball to a dude, you know, cause women have grown and gotten just as good as men in a lot of aspects, man. Do you remember in the um, the early days of Elite that there was uh, – God, what was that girls' team? They would come, and it was all girls. And this was back when there wasn't a female division. And they were they dressed in all – they had pink. And they would just – they would lay waste to most of the men's teams. Yeah, ball busters. Um, the ball busters. Yeah. yeah, from San Diego, man. How amazing were they, man? Well, they were – they're Arizona. They were Phoenix-based. Oh, were they Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, okay. You, remember, you remember Jackie Thomas and Sarah Moravitz and those are some of the the OGs. Uh, I think Katie Evans was on their team. Who Sanchez now? Who's still out there kicking ass? Um, I think Nicole Chase. No, I think she played for Dodge Dolls. We just talked about this um, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Ballbusters were you know one of the pioneers, I, I think it would be argued that there was a, either an Oregon based team or a Seattle based team called the Dodge bells, I think. And that was like 2004, 2005 NDL. But then 2010 ball busters came out and just like, just wrecked a couple of the international they were teams. Oh yeah. my God. Remember, remember how excited the crowds would get? Yeah. Unbelievable. Do you remember when the Kiwis did the the haka to them, and then it was cool and like one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and then the the women just crushed them, and then Ed Prentice is like, hey, can, can you can you not beat up on on these guys? They came all the way from like Denmark or New Zealand, <laughs> and they're like, f off, man, we're gonna we're gonna now we're gonna really hurt them, and they just like put them down. <laughs> that was so satisfying yeah. to watch. Oh my god, I remember when Prentice would ask us to refer to him as Mister. Refer to as Mr. Prentice. I'm like, dude, you got to oh, earn Jesus. that, man. Yeah. You know, you know, you can't just put on a firefighting suit and expect everybody to think you're going to save a kitten. You know, I mean, come on. You know, I, but, um, I, I got to, I got to kind of wear his hat for a little bit with that whole professional dodgeball league thing. And I could totally see, I could see, I can understand him a little bit more than I ever thought I would. But I also look at some of his missteps and there are so many. And yeah, <laughs> poor guy, man. He, yeah. Well, we won't, we won't go, we won't rehash that, but yeah, poor yeah. guy. That, that could you be, know? that could be an hour long tirade right there. <laughs> and nobody even remembers that stuff. So yeah. But, but um, yeah, we got a conscience now. So yes, but, we, um, we are, re- we are redeemed souls now. We are mature now. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, I mean that, that was, I guess, part one uh, of what we, talked about two weeks ago and it's it's funny how because it's, it's just gonna sound weird right now hopefully when i edit it it makes sense but um you know when i when i stopped talking to you um 
two night two weeks ago you know we talked about the ndl like the good old days ball busters um we went all over the place and it just reminds me like um you know how much uh how long i've known people you specifically because i was even thinking um afterwards like you know texas shade man when i first met you in 2007 and i forgot justin justin pine was on our team and uh do you remember anything from that oh, season wow. at all like we took second i think we actually like we actually did really well that first se- uh, that second season which never aired of course um because the ndl is you know doing their thing but um i remember i remember i had a a dolly I went to Home Depot and I bought some uh, cast iron wheels and made a dolly. And I, I really think that needs to make a comeback uh, for tracking shots. I think it's fantastic. What I did is I took a piece of a uh, quarter inch board. No, it was half inch board to support my weight. And then I uh, did some wood screws and I screwed in some, um, some cast iron wheels underneath. That's all you needed. And, you just this is great for gyms, man. It's fucking awesome. I don't know why I haven't built this again. So for anybody that's doing uh dodgeball tournaments or events and, and you want some cool tracking stuff, get yourself a nice piece of uh I'd say I don't know, three foot by three foot, uh half inch uh wood. Um, not particle board. It's gotta be, you know, pine, balsa, whatever, you know. And uh, go ahead, put some cast iron wheels underneath. And then what you do is you just sit on it with your camera, your phone, and somebody gets behind you and just pushes you around. And it's so freaking smooth, man. So I remember doing that, getting a ton of footage. Um, so were you doing that for yourself or were you trying to help Ed out? No, I was helping them out. Yeah. I, I brought, I was running the camera stuff and everything. And, um, you know, everybody learned from Ed's lessons. You know, Ed Ed wanted instant respect. And respect is something you have to earn. You know, Jake Mason just earned respect because and Jake Mason is not afraid to say how he feels. You know, so you can always know how you're standing with him. Uh, you just have to go up and ask. You know, he's absolutely not afraid. Mark Acom um is has earned respect because he has where jake is just super honest mark is just super super balls to the wall grind he'll be honest but you know mark is more hey i'm just gonna let my actions speak uh, for my words and so he built up respect so anybody that's gonna run this stuff it, it takes a while man it takes a while to earn respect and that was ed's fault he just wanted instant respect. Everybody to want to call him sir. You know, he wanted to put all these rules and restrictions and how people like, say, oh my God, it was so different back then. Like we, everybody had to sign an NDA, you know, like fucking Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. On like, you couldn't, you know, be on any other shows. Or you couldn't put your image on any other shows, you know. I remember that wouldn't fly today, man. I mean, just, you know, images get out so quick. But I remember we were on, uh, we got invited to sports science. And uh, Ed was not happy about that, you know. And he's like, oh, I'll send down the shirts. And the shirts never came, you know, the LA chaos or whatever. 
But it was so funny because we got on sports. Do you remember sports science? Um, I don't. I'm trying to. No. It was an ESPN thing. And they would have like, you know, uh, who was the famous uh, Adrian Peterson, for example, would get on there and he would do a sprint or somebody would throw a baseball and they would calculate and show on the screen all the degrees and angles and speed and all that stuff, right? So we go and we meet with the host. And by the way, you've never seen this episode because it never aired. And the host is like, all right, I want you to start throwing some dodgeballs at me, you know? So, of course, Vince gets out there and just starts fucking, you know, hurling like circular babies at him. Just, mm. And the guy's like, fuck this, dude. I want you to th- throw them uh, softer. And we're like, dude, we're not going to throw them softer. Like, we're not going to we're not going to have you like show up on the little technical stuff on the screen. 40 miles, per, no, 25 miles per hour. You know, I mean, it makes us look like. You know, we're not very good. So they ended up not, the guy ended up like, oh, no, nah, we're done. And uh, he just pushed out. So that's too bad. But I mean, yeah. I remember, so I remember, I think I remember sports science, but something with karate, like they did martial arts, like they did like, um, they had somebody like roundhouse kicking a, a bag and they, they're like, oh, yeah, what you just did was the equivalent of getting hit by a car. So maybe, maybe I have heard of it. That, that harkens yeah, back that's to it. okay that's so it. i, I they, have heard they it. Needed to spice that's what they needed to do they needed to spice it up like you know they did all the numbers and that was cool it was a nice niche but they needed more analogies like you know if you're going to do the karate kick they should have said like this kick has the combined mass force acceleration equivalency of you know 30 like dead hamsters or 30 dead baby seals rolling on top of you or something, you know? I'd be curious, like what, uh, a full, full, no holds barred throw from catching with an 8.5 ball would do to the body, to the organs. Like, yeah, I think I just got like kicked by a horse. My, I've got internal bleeding now or that, that'd be cool to like to bring back. And I think, uh, kudos to the community like we i think we people can do that now like people are definitely creating some pretty awesome content on their own like just how far we've come from you know being reliant on network tv and i mean you, you probably know about this way more than i do just how easy it is to create content now and have it consumed by you know a community that actually wants it so yeah it's um i the guy that's gonna do the dodgeball tournament with me is a friend of mine josh martinez and he's got 117,000 Instagram followers. And he's figured out the formula. People still want a story, but they want it in a fast food, fast culture, ADD format. So, you know, slap your music, have a little conflict, possible resolution, or, you know, bring up an issue that's worth discussing in the comments. But, you know, do it in 10 seconds. So, I still think that's. I mean, what do you think of all that, man? Like, do you, I mean, do you, do you notice how we're becoming more attention deficit, you know? Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Like it's really bad. There's a, it's a really cool Buzzfeed video like 10 years ago that it was literally just a dude looking in the camera talking and he was saying, I just want to see if you can pay attention to this video. Like, don't look away. Don't pick up your phone. Don't click another tab. Don't like, just, can you even pay attention for like, one or two minutes and 
it was bad then. And like, I watched the whole video thinking I'm going to get pranked or there's going to be like a scary jump or something. But I realized as the guy's talking, I'm like, man, it really is freaking hard to just focus. And it's, <laughs> yeah, you, you need that dopamine, dude. Yeah. You know, it's exactly like a drug deal. You know, you know how, like, um, you know, when you first do your hit of cocaine, right. It's like really strong. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. I'll take your word for going. it. It smells good, yeah. though. I know that much about cocaine. It smells really yeah, good. Yeah, no, I'm actually scared of doing cocaine because I think I'd die. I think on my first hit, I would literally just vibrate to death. But yeah. So let's imagine, though, that, you know, as scientists say in Wikipedia and all that and cocaine.com, right? So let's say you take your first hit of cocaine and you're going to get your rush, right? But then as the cycle progresses, the revolution time becomes shorter. Now you've got to get a hit every, you know, hour instead of every 10 hours to get the same dopamine. And that's what's happened, man. Everybody needs their dopamine quicker, man. So, I mean, it's definitely, uh, we're, we're all addicted. Not all of us, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone without my phone. I can't even remember the last time I, I went a day without my phone. Can you? Yeah. Um, overseas, basic training, um, Basic training was a good one. Phase three, phase one. It's it's weird at first because like you know obviously they take the phones away because yeah. they're supposed to focus on training and uh, God sometimes I miss that man. Just thinking about it, I'm like hmm. it can be really yeah. Simple. You know you bring up a good point. Only the jobs where there is danger or a greater sense of immediacy they can outweigh the phone dopamine. You know, like when I'm teaching, I'm not picking up my phone and going, hey, I just taught my kid how to add fraction, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then put it down. I can you see you making I mean? like, a selfie I'm, I'm video of that. I get, I get enough dopamine from teaching the kids, you know, yeah. but if you're fucking at an office doing TPS reports, you're fucking on the dopamine of the phones. Definitely. That's your cocaine, man. Oh, yeah. So no, I think uh, we're uh, I think we're in big trouble, man. Like we we're not our brains aren't used to this like this this much stimuli or stimulus and go back 100 years ago and oh, where are we 19 1923 do we even have tvs back then like we're still they we, were mostly there were there were cars were finally starting to invade the dirt pathways with the horse-drawn buggies so there was you know there was basic dopamine you know, but that I mean, was natural. I mean, light you, bulbs were coming out, you know, the phonograph was coming out. People read, you know, I like, think I would like to say people, not to romanticize those times, but people read, they actually engaged with each other. They had community. They had, you know, like now it's just, I mean, we're, what's it? We're like bombarded with several thousand advertisements a day and each one's trying to compete with your attention. And, you know, this goes back to like what we talked about last or a couple of couple weeks ago with the long form discussions. Like, you know, I, I didn't want to shortchange a conversation. I wanted to let that person talk as much as they'd be willing to, or as much as their schedule will allow for that reason. Like you actually get to know the person and sit down and I don't know what you meant, but like when I listen to a podcast, um, whether it doesn't matter like who it is, um, I feel like I got to know that person and I, I feel like not sad, but I'm like, oh man, my friends are gone. Like. I was in the moment with them for, for a couple hours. That was really cool. Like, do you listen to podcasts at all? Or do you, do you ever get that way? Or, you know, you finish reading a book, you're like, wow, I, I missed it. I missed these fictional characters that were in my head. 
Um, I don't listen too much, but you know, when you say you're sad that they're gone, like how authentic do you think people are on podcast? Are they, I mean, are they true to them? How, how, yeah, that's my question. So sad that they're gone. Like, it's just like, man, I, I was, I was in it with them. Like, um, a really good one was, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, Jocko Willink, but he's, he's very intense, but sometimes very great. And he had a really good, um, episode with, um, I forgot his name, but this guy was, he dealt with PTSD and equestrian therapy and basically like he would take people to the ranch and they would, you know, break horses and, um, they just go through this, like this long, crazy thing. And it just talked about like how to, how to find value and how to rebuild your self-worth when you feel like you have none. And for four hours, like this guy was just talking about his whole life. And I was like, man, that was, that was a good episode. Like those people were in my head for like four hours, you know, throughout the day or throughout the drive or the commute. And, uh, it's not a sad feeling. It's just like, wow, like that was cool. Now, now I get to go back to reality, I guess. That, that That's more what I mean. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, podcasts are like books. They're either for escapism, reflection, or for instruction, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could get the exact same thing if, if you really get the person to just, to just talk. I mean, I like your long format. You know, I think the longer the interview is, the more real it is. It's like any relationship, you know, the first three to six months of knowing somebody, if you're dating them, you have no fucking clue who they are, you know? Yeah, they're, they're just best foot forward. The, you know, the jacket of the book, you know, maybe, you know, they'll let you know if it's, if they're leather bound. Okay, that's wrong, but, <laughs> but, you know, what, what the uh, composition of the book is. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, you're, you're still on the table of contents, man. You know, like, um, I've learned so much about my uh, wife and it's wasn't the first year, you know, um, it takes a while, man. It absolutely takes a while. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but, um, I enjoy spending long periods of time with, uh, with uh, good friends. I mean, I, I have a few good friends and uh, I'm very lucky for that. You know, I think it takes a while to make a really good friend. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, you can have like acquaintances, you can have coworkers that borderline on friends, but you know, at some point there's that threshold that gets crossed and you're like, yeah, this is a friend of mine. I, I know this person very well. That's definitely uh, yeah. takes effort and time. Um, and also you got, you got to be a little fearless too. You know, like, again, I love my friends and I'm very lucky to have them. Um, I've made some, some great friends through school. Um, I've also had friends where they're at school, but they're not ready to take the jump into the rest of, you know, they're afraid like, Hey, if we go hang out out of school, you know, and then it doesn't go well, you know, what's it going to be like back at school? And, and you got to be fearless in life, you know? So I think that's, I think that would be my, uh, if there's any advice we can give anybody that's like, you know, not in their forties and figured it out, you know, you, you young 20 year olds out there, you know, take some risks, man. Like I always say, hope and fear, man. Those are the only two things that drive people. And if you don't learn how to master those things and grasp them and hold on to them and, you know, utilize them and make it be your source for your decisions i don't know you're not you're not at a you know full level of uh, happiness man 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody's got to have hopes, you know, like I love it. For example, when I go play uh, today, we were, oh my God, this is so fucking awesome. I got to tell you the story. So on my planning period, um, don't tell my principal, actually he sees me out there, but on my planning period, I go play uh, sports with the kids. I mean, it's free 24 hour fucking fitness, you know, and I always play on the team that has the most girls. And then we go and kick the shit out of the other teams because you want to give these girls some hope, man. So like today, uh, we did six way soccer. So it was 80 kids. Okay. Imagine this on a, uh, you know, full size field, you know, but they're sixth graders. So they're, they got less calories. They're a little smaller. And we set up six, just small soccer goals and everybody got divided into like, no, it's about, it's about 90 kids. So about 15 kids per team. Right. And then we kick three balls into the air and you just go around and try to score with your team. So, I played on a team with all girls and I had the ball and I got all the girls to make a wall around me. They all like held hands, you know, um, like those two twins in the shining. And so they did like a circle around me and we just moved forward like a tank. And so the kids couldn't get inside. So we just kind of, I was kind of bringing the ball towards the goal and, and when the when the boys would come to attack ours, I'd yell "wall, wall of death," and the girls would make a wall around the goal, and they couldn't score. So nice as um, one, <laughs> as one. <laughs> <laughs> what is your occupation, uh, goalkeeper? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh no, wait, you're that was from Gladiator. I thought that was from Three Hundred. You gave me a Gladiator. Yeah, now I was yeah. gonna let you do the. Uh, I was gonna let you get away with the, uh, the Braveheart, but because that was when uh, they're going against the chariots, right? And then he's like, "Has anybody served yeah. before?" And then they... anybody served the I. I... Yep. that's right. I love when. My name. Go ahead. Sorry. I love when Commodus is like, "I may be wrong in my history, but didn't we, didn't we win that battle?" Yes, <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. What is my name? My name is Marcus Aurelius, son of a dead peasant, baker at Arby's, leader of the kingdom of squirrels, and I shall have my revenge. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that was in the movie, but it just it same, rings a bell. Same spiel. I mean, if it was done now, it'd be about the same titles, 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 titles. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius goes to, you know, Shake Shack. You know, I mean, all the spinoffs are always watered down, you know. But, yeah, I wonder um, if there's, I, I heard there's going to do, they're going to do a sequel to Gladiator 2 or to Gladiator. It's going to be Gladiator 2. Let me, let me see if this is real, just real quick. Like, oh God, it is. <laughs> okay, so let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, Marcus Aurelius becomes emperor and then he, uh, every Friday's Gladiator Day, you know, he just, he just franchises it. <laughs> You know, bring your gladiator to school day, you know, gladiator lunch boxes, you know, just the whole shebang, man. And, you know, uh, oh, carpool lane just for gladiators. You know, I think that'd be fantastic, man. Well, we'll find out Friday, November 22nd. Um, I don't, I mean, Maximus is dead. Marcus Aurelius is dead. So we'll figure out how they do that. 
Wait, I thought Marcus Aurelius was he's the gladiator. I thought it was Mac, or is it Maximus? No, Marcus Aurelius was the the emperor that Commodus killed. Oh shit! Here I am making gladiator jokes. So who's who the name of who's the gladiator? Uh, Maximus. Oh, okay. So it would be Maximus goes to the theater. Maximus, you know, McDonald's toys. Got it. Okay, so that's how to market it. You know, we'll see. So. Well, that would be kind of cool. Like, you could do a Maximus McDonald's toy, and it would be a gladiator. And then, like, he squirts ketchup uh, when he hits things. So, because that would be the blood. So, I'm curious how this is gonna how they gonna play that out because I I love the first one, the original. Like that was just... oh the first is the first is amazing. Yeah. You know, Ridley Scott's got to be what like 800. I mean, and he's still, he's still, how old is Ridley Scott? He cranks out so many good movies. It's unbelievable, man. He is 85 years old. For the and, yeah, and I bet, and he's doing Gladiator too, I bet. He is. So there's hope for this movie after all. Yeah. Him and Clint Eastwood are just like, unbelievable, man. You know, like he's doing, Clint Eastwood's doing a movie this year called, um, sitting on a pickup truck and watching my dog bark. So. That's going to be out, I think, in November. So. It reminds me of uh, Gran Torino. Yeah. You reminded me yeah. of my great-grandpa. That, 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 a lot of similarities there. Was a, was oh, a yeah? Movie. Yeah. Like, almost, like, even to, like, the house. It was, it was weird. Kind of watching, like, this, uh, this is great-grandpa Damon, because I barely remember him. I remember the stories about him, and it fit the bill pretty well. Well, you know how you know how Clint Eastwood is totally racist in that movie, right? Oh, of course, yeah. So, like my grandpa who fought in World War II, you know, he's passed away, rest in peace. But you know, fighting in wars sometimes does that to a person, man. You know, I think his character fought in the war too. Yeah, in Torino, he was in the Korean War. Yep, that's what it was. That that was the yeah. Okay. Um, There's a. I don't want to veer too far uh, into movies because I feel like we could probably dig into that a lot more. But there were there were some pretty good crowdsource questions that um, some people had asked. I, I did want to make sure that we covered before we uh, go off the rails too far. And I think these are going to probably spawn more forks in the road. But um, you good? You good to go over some of these real quick? Um, Absolutely, man. I'm 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 wearing my best pair of underwear, so I'm, I feel protected. Excellent. Let's go. All right, well, let's go with the first one that's probably going to... You, you didn't answer this, but I just wanted to read it out. So Jessica Schmeckpepper had asked... Um, oh, that's a great last name, Schmeckpepper? Yeah, she's a great person. She said, how does it feel to be a TikTok star for pegging a girl in the face with a no-look shot? That sounded way more... Se- God dang it, I, I should have read that first. That sounded way more sexual than I realized. She said that, not me. And then um, I, think I, I think I said it was fine until you added that last... Wow, I didn't even learn from my past mistakes. Okay, so that that was uh, first of all. I I thought your little walk was hilarious. Somebody said, "Who is that man with the zesty walk?" I've never heard in my life someone described as zesty, and also never heard it be so appropriately descri- described. Like, <laughs> I felt like a snack cracker, man. You definitely you know? had a zesty walk, man. But um, I mean, you you did answer her um in in detail on the threads but i mean do you kind of want to rehash that or do you want me to read this out loud to you or 
No, sure. I'll give you the ba- I'll give you the background on it because it's yeah. it's run its course. So you know it's kind of fun to do behind the scenes. Um, I was drunk, and um, I think it was her first time out there. Or she hadn't been out there a, a lot, and um, I was just kind of hamming it up, and I uh, did the back throw, uh, hit her in the face. Uh, definitely an accident, because um, I I've, I've done that before in the past on accident, and I and I feel bad. So, you know, it kind of brought up old memories and stuff and definitely something I, you know, didn't feel good about. Um, I apologized after and then uh, she apologized after as well. Um, and then I went and talked to the, the boyfriend the next week and you know, I was like, hey, I'm sorry, man. You know, I just, you know, I didn't post it. And, and also I didn't mean to do it. And she's like, the guy was cool. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. It's fine. Actually, I, we, we watched it, got a kick out of it. Uh, when we saw the video, him and his girlfriend, and uh, they're both actors. Um, she's an actress, and he's an actor. And so, you know, um, I think to be a successful actor, sometimes you just got to, or at least to, to look at it in that mindset, you know. Any type of uh, publicity sometimes can be a, you know, leaping board, you know. I mean, I'm sure nobody wants to audition for a role by getting him by a ball in the face. But, you know, sometimes any type of press is good press, and, you know, um, I haven't seen her at dodgeball since then. Um, I don't know her. Um, but when I see her, you know, I'll definitely apologize. And, um, you know, I hope she has, uh, I hope she has a good time when she comes back, man. Yeah. I mean, that's good to, to know that it had a, a good amicable end because boy, she, she seemed pretty pissed off too. <laughs> like just immediate middle finger. And I think you could look here saying F you, but, uh, she, she didn't look so happy, but, um, well, know. that actually, her flipping me off actually probably saved me for a lot more hate mail. So not yeah. hate mail, but you know, hate comments. So, uh, but it's just amazing how people can just jump off. I mean, who knows what things become popular? It's crazy, man. I remember what that. You remember that one boy that like was doing this, you know, like little skit, and he was doing it in boots. And he ended up just like performing everywhere. I mean, sometimes oh, you yeah. can ride that stuff for the rest of your life, man. You know, like I remember the Arby's lady. Remember Arby's? Where's the beef? Do you remember that ad back in the eighties? Yeah, not was... Arby's, but not Arby's, but Wendy's. Where's the beef? And it was two old ladies, and they could barely see, and they had these like Coke bottle glasses, and they're looking at this burger that obviously wasn't from Wendy's. And they just have this discussion. Where's the beef? And that lady made millions, man. They just did a series of commercials. How about that progressive lady? You know, like how many commercials has she done based on just, although she's got talent. She actually has talent. Um, but, you know, not a lot of not, not a lot of movie stars anymore, man. It's just people just get these viral sensations and get their 15 minutes of fame and, you know. I don't know. Um, I was going to try to use it to somehow get more people at uh, Wakapalooza, but I had no idea how to use it. So. <laughs> and Mark was like, yeah, I ain't got anything on that either. I don't know what to do with it. Well, you so. never know. There might be, uh, I don't know, like I, I'm thinking about, do you remember um, Jeff Giovinco's black backflip from I, I yeah. Say two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all it takes yeah. is like, some more more of those plays to really just like um i don't know you just need like the right person to see it and then all of a sudden boom not only viral but also like um 
like you said, like, like any publicity is good publicity kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'll give you an example. Um, that backflip in NDL, there was a guy that was doing backflips and they videotaped him doing a, a backflip when a throw was thrown just like Jeff Giovinco did. And he ended up on a national commercial for Haynes where he does the backflip. So that Chase, Chase Vendell. Oh, was it Chase? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. That was, good memory, oh, all, yeah. All God's no triple a all American apostles. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so that's how we got that national ad, man. So you just, you never know, man. You never know. Oh man, the infamous underwear ad. That was, uh, that was, I remember that was like, we made it. Dodgeball finally made it. Like thinking that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And yeah. like, nope. No, we, but, um, we had so much more to look forward to and, and still do. I remember getting a Burger King ad once. I was coming out of open gym and uh, there was just a line and uh, you know, they were doing, I mean, that's the thing with Hollywood too. You, you know, <laughs> opportunities pop up everywhere i was doing open gym like in poinsettia in hollywood and they were casting for a burger king commercial i ended up doing a burger king commercial and i never uh never aired um but i ended up getting paid like 1500 bucks because i guess the way it works is that they first gave me 900 and then the rights to show it so even so it didn't get picked up um they held on to it for like another year so i got another 600 but it was wild, dude. They took us in a, a white van. It was me and like, I don't know, eight, nine other people. And uh, there's actually a fake Burger King way out uh, by San Bernardino. So they took us out to San Bernardino. And it's a totally fake Burger King. It, you know, I mean, it looks beautiful, but uh, you go inside, it looks like it's a Burger King. And anyway, they, they gave me 20 bucks. They had me go in and, you know, do some stuff, whatever. But you just, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff you see on TV is comes still comes out of Hollywood, man. It's pretty wild. Hmm. Did you ever want to be in Hollywood or be on TV or anything? Not really, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't know why. Does that make sense? Like, like what, what do I have to offer that would <clears throat> make people want to watch? And yeah, I'm not really a an intention person, which is weird saying this on a podcast, but, um, nah, um, I actually, I would love to be a B movie villain though. Like just the campiest, cheesiest, crappiest movie right? possible. I would have fun with that. So that, that's like a, like a, what do you call it? A not guilty pleasure, but like a, a bucket list item. If I, if I could, I would do that. Like, I, I actually wow. remember, um, you, you gotta remember this. Remember Michael Dudikoff and like the American Ninja movies? Did you I ever get into the, the Did you ever get into the karate Eric, boom? Uh, that guy Eric, uh, he was like this slick back ninja. Yeah, I don't know. No, I did. Eric Roberts. Little background. Eric Roberts. Yeah. Was yeah. Eric Roberts with us. Yeah, no. Okay. So Michael Dudikoff was the American Ninja. <laughs> I'm already. What are you gonna think about the campiness? But this is when, like, the mid '80s, the Ninja Boom, um, ninjas were like all the rage. And uh, my God, <laughs> the 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 plots were so terrible. The action was so terrible. Everything about it was terrible. But they're just so fun to watch now. And um, there was, you know, of course, the evil villain who 
for some reason needs ninjas uh, ninjas equals world domination and so there's this one villain who was just so bad like his accent changed every time he was on scene like you didn't know what the hell he was he didn't even know what he was but it was just so bad and i just i was like i would love to do this like that, that would be so much fun um that'd be yeah i mean yeah go ahead i'm sorry i mean the uh the you know the stars too like I think I think the ninjas are just way blown out of proportion. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, rank on their, you know, religious philosophies and, you know, endurance mindset. But, dude, those stars don't do shit, man. You know, like we we would make <laughs> we would the... make them in metal shop and uh, like, go ahead. What are you going to say, man? No, you're talking about the, the Shuriken. The yeah, ninja stars, yeah, yeah. The little Shuriken, right? We would do a four, a four, <clears throat> no, a three pointed Shuriken out of like eighth inch uh aluminum and uh we were in metal shop this is back when school was cool you actually had metal shop and it was a huge you know warehouse type of room it was in junior high i think it was seventh grade and we would throw them up at the ceiling but the ceiling was so high that the teacher would never notice that they're all hanging up there right so we throw these pieces of shit up there and every once in a while the teacher would be teaching and you just see a ninja star just come down from the ceiling and almost like, you know, emulsify some kid's head, you know? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, you know, come on. Like, you throw a, one of these stars at somebody and it's going to, like, pierce their heart. Give me a break, you know? So it was like, I mean, this is going to sound super nerdy, but <clears throat> back in the day, um, <clears throat> as I understood, they were used as, you know, like, like, um, like brass knuckles and... The hope is just to like, the hope is mostly to, you know, just imagine you're a guard in a castle and, you know, you're superstitious. You have no idea what's going on. You know, like these, these evil spirits live and they'll attack you if you piss them off. And all of a sudden, you know, without any warning, you get nicked by something and you're like, something just cut me. Like the invisible ghost just cut me or like, you have no idea. Like it's not supposed (laughs) to kill you. Like in, in Hollywood where, you know, one quick wrist flipped and, it's now in the guy's eye. You know, it's not like that at all. So I mean, yeah, I got it. So it was originally its intention is is was not that makes more sense, man. Yeah, like it, it's it's a concealed weapon. So you know, if I'm walking up to you in the streets and just pop up, you know, a couple of shots, you know, like I had brass knuckles, you know, you're stabbed. So you know, like a little fidget spinner with little spikes on it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Not, not not too different from what we have now. Yeah, I think I got a villain for you. I think you need to invent this, dude, and and, uh, and market it. Um, so you can get into a B movie. I think you should be a Plant Man. I think I don't think I ever heard of Plant Man before. You could have like an army of like foliage, you know, or ficuses that come alive, you know. And um, I mean, I guess Poison Ivy was kind of like that, but you would. I think I think a guy Plant Man, a male version of Poison Ivy with like more aggressive plants, you know, like maybe palm trees, you know, like palm trees, like the palms are really, they'll give you like cuts and stuff. Yeah, they're very inconvenient. You know? They're very inconvenient, you know. Um, this, this was done though with uh, M. Night Shyamalan, whatever, uh, The Happening. Where the oh, plant... that was great. That was great. Did you like that movie? That was, that was bad. No, I feel like the acting was just awful. And then I also really don't like Zoe Deschanel at all. But she's cute. No. Yeah. No. She's just she's very helpless. Um, I liked her in the helpless role. 
though I felt like she kind of had to like think way too much before she spoke. That's how I felt for all of them. Like they just were forced to like just be awkward at first and then they can act. And with, for my opinion, this is totally irrelevant, but like I just feel like Zoe Deschanel tries too hard to be quirky. Like I, I rewatched The Elf a couple of years ago with Will Ferrell and I forgot she was in there. I was like, oh, she's great in this movie. She's just a regular person. She's not trying too hard. And I feel like that's, that's Zoe Deschanel's like thing is like, oh, I'm the quirky one and it's just overdone. Yeah, no, that, that's my that. take from some random forty-year-old dude that's never been on TV or in movies. So, <laughs> no, I mean it's it's valid. Um, I'll here's my question though: How did you feel about the acting of the trees in the movie? I feel like they nailed their part. Yeah, it was very I very was convincing. Like when the wind pick up and they would just stand there and people would die around around them. Very very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Props to that. I felt like coach. it was a real, real team effort. You know. Yeah. Um, they they uh, they got the assignment as a as a youth say nowadays. Yeah, I don't think there was one nervous tree. I don't. I think they all just they killed it. You know. So <laughs> I think they were very natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how this happened, you know, but they uh, their space really well. You know. So <laughs> they killed it. <laughs> do you remember that do you remember that where that one guy like he like fires up the the lawnmower yeah and, and then, then he the just like goes under him? <laughs> but he laid he like lays down in front of it like i I couldn't stop laughing like i was just like this oh, is come on, that was horrific dude no this, this movie is just so tough oh my god yeah god, that freaked me out when he did that you you must have a better sense of humor than me because that freaked me out that was some stephen king shit dude in a Stephen King movie that might have been creepy like Children of the Corn where they like make uh, Christy Alley like burn her arm in the boiling hot water terrifying I don't know why I know that I only saw that movie clip I never actually saw the damn movie but like for well, some maybe, reason maybe maybe that's maybe that was the uh, role that got her into Cheers you know <laughs> this was after Cheers this was uh, okay. mid ninety. I, I don't know why I know this crap, man. I wish I, I wish I could use my memory powers for good. I would be so pro, so productive if I could remember things that mattered. But uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. I mean, we 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 remember stuff with emotional content, you know. Like when I'm teaching my students, I always try to have them turn uh, what they're learning into a song, you know. I mean, huh. it's just it's how the brain's wired, man. You know. I, I mean, have... yeah, dude. I can't tell you what I learned in third grade, but. You know, I I could tell you the words to "I'm Sorry" by Justin Bieber. You know, so it's a catchy song. And I, I, and I spent less time learning Justin Bieber's song than time spent in third grade. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll fuck it. I'm gonna think about that because when I have like a random factoid, I'm like, all right, is there an emotional thing attached to this memory, this tidbit? Yes, yes, that is the key to really remembering stuff, man. You know, like, okay, let's say, for example, you, you want to learn something about Kirstie Alley, right? And you can't remember it. Well, just, dude, I'll come over and slap you in the fucking face. And then you'll always remember it. Awesome. Trauma. <laughs> I'll be like, think, I'll be like, think of Kirstie Alley in Cheers, episode one, uh, season four, where she's drunk. And then you're like, I got it. And then I'll fucking slap you. So. Perfect. Okay. 
<laughs> Speaking of emotions, I, I really wanted to get to this one. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Let me, let me prepare myself. Um, so Perry, Perry Hull, who is the national. Oh, treasure. I love that fucker. I hope he listens to this shit. I'm going to, um, I will send him this clip. Um, just to make sure he gets it. Uh, God, that guy cracks me the hell up. Did, did you see him with Perry, his mullet? Perry, you are a national fucking treasure, dude. Yep. You could power a small Ugandan country. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> you, your enthusiasm just would fill up the fucking Grand Canyon. I got to tell you, man. It's it's contagious from across the U.S. The like guys. if people were to jump off the Grand Canyon, they would be saved by your wave of enthusiasm. So. Just caress slightly into safety, yes. <laughs> and then as you as you look up and you're like, "Why did I? Why did I jump?" I life has meaning, and you see Perry looking down at you, smiling. It just takes a smile, and now you're like, "I'm sorry, and thank you, and I'm gonna go live a good life now." <laughs> Where's Bob? Holy, oh, jumped off the Grand Canyon. What happened to him? Is he dead? No, no, ma'am. Um, he was saved by Perry Hall's personality. Yep. Oh! That makes total sense. <laughs> you wouldn't even question it. <clears throat> he asks an amazing question, and I, I think I'm going to make this a staple moving forward, um, and that is, um, what question do you wish you were asked more? And do you remember what your answer was? Yeah, I was talking about depression. Uh, ruminations. Um, I take uh, a Cytlopram, uh, 10 milligrams a day. Um and been doing that for about 20 years. It's fantastic. Um, I'm noticing when I talk to my students, uh, the level of ruminations in kids, i.e. anxiety, i.e. depression, absolutely gone up. Because when you create a society that's all ADHD and fast food, fast images, fast conversations, you get that dopamine rush. And that brings you high up on the roller coaster. Well, the higher you go, the farther you got to drop. And so we're taking these kids on these emotional roller coasters. Um, ruminations. Do you know what ruminations are? No, I was, I'm glad you asked because I was going to ask you. Okay. It's uh, <clears throat> more common than you'd think. You know, I, I wish I was special with this, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. Um, it's more common than you think. You get a thought in your head and, and tell me if you've experienced this before. Um, you get a thought in your head, you know, maybe somebody doesn't say hi to you the right way or doesn't say hi or, you know, your boss looks at you funny a certain way. And biologically, what happens is a rumination is where you get that thought in your head. You can't let it go. And so, you know, when you roll a snowball down a hill, the snowball begins to increase in size. And so the ruminations, the, the revolutions, the rotations, the, the continued circulation of that thought in your head it makes the snowball get bigger. So, so the problem now becomes a problem that's out of proportion. So just because somebody didn't say hi to you by the next day, you've ruminated for so much that you think it's the end of the fucking world. You know, Damn. Um, have you ever had that like difficulty getting rid of a thought before? Yeah. I, that was my life, man. Um, <clears throat> that was earlier in this episode when we aired, you know, you asked me about Ball State and kind of talked about coming back from overseas. I mean, rumination has been living mortgage free at this point in my in my head. Um, man, what have you been what have you been ruminating about? Was it when the the mom was mentioning to bring bring my son home, and you didn't know if she was talking directly to you? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's the like I I get mad mad imposter syndrome, and when you say something like, "Oh yeah, like your boss acts a different way," you're just like, "Oh crap, I'm I'm garbage. I've I've been exposed." Um, my whole, I mean, I I made like a real quick <clears throat> episode about like why I thought I was gonna step away from dodgeball and the podcast and like why i just went radio silent for several months and uh it chalk it up to rumination man i mean that that is i never thought about that i mean it's it, you know there's different words for it like uh like we call them thought traps like you know you just go down this downward spiral where you just can't get out of it because you keep thinking you keep ruminating like i just connected those dots um yeah i mean it's and it's very draining it's absolutely draining and it's, it's not like an injury where, you know, you can see somebody's leg wounded and you treat them differently. You know, nobody's ever going to wear a sign say, you know, honk if you're ruminating today, you know, nobody's ever, gonna, you know, nobody's ever going to like open up in every conversation with that. So y- y- there's, there's ways to deal with it. There's medication, you know, there's um, meditation. Also, you want to be around the right type of people. You know, um, I think the biggest way to deal with it and you become what you practice. So this takes a while to do. Um, what is it that guy said that some, some sports guru said, or some philosopher, some Ted talk guy said, you got to do something 10,000 times to master it. You know what I'm talking about? That's a, I don't know if it was an actual person, but I've, I've heard that quote before. Okay. So, so on that premise, you got to practice this to get good at it. And this is what you got to practice. You got to practice acknowledging and, and having that inner conversation when you know the rumination's coming on. And you go, okay, I feel it. I feel it. Okay. Recognize it's there. And then you say to yourself, it's going to pass. Once you, once you master that, then you realize it's just, it's just uh, a raft that's going over the waterfall. It's mm. going to run its course. You can't control it, and it's going to be done. And when you recognize that, that helps keep it. It absolutely helps keep it from uh, snowballing. Um, so it's very easy for me to let go of stuff now. Um, 20 years ago, it was, you know, I ended up quitting teaching, and I was living with my parents after getting my master's degree in teaching in Guatemala for a year at the U.S. Embassy School. So I went from the super high to sleeping about 18 to 20 hours a day for about nine months because I didn't, I didn't know how to stop the snowballs. So that's my best advice. Um, and of course, medication can help too. Yeah. You mentioned <clears throat> you've been on medication because it, does it like curb the ruminating? Like, does it, um, does Absolutely. it make it equal for like a regular, I almost say regular person. That sounds terrible, but <laughs> Listen, I would never want to join a club that would have me as a member. So I don't consider myself regular by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, it's a compliment. Um, what, what you have is you have serotonin levels. And um, your serotonin levels affect your ruminations. Um, and these medications are serotonin inhibitors. So when you get a lot of serotonin, when your body produces a lot of serotonin, whether it's from environment, you know, watching all these commercials and fast food media and all that shit, or whether it's biological, you know, my mom was a massive manic depressant, you're going to get an imbalance of serotonin levels. And so medications like, you know, 
Selexa, Zola, Facitlopram, um, all those different things. They're serotonin inhibitors. And so um, absolutely helps. I used to get, before I was on medication, I would get 10 or 12 ruminations a day and I'd spend maybe three or four hours in my head. You know, now maybe I get one a week, you know, and it lasts for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. Um, yeah. Great question. Great say. fucking question, Perry. <clears throat> I know. May the, may the, may the rain always fall on your crop, sir. And may your camel have two humps. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm going to take a lot away from that one because, um, I mean, there, there are times, man, where I just like couldn't get out of bed or I couldn't get off my couch and I have everything in the world to do. And it's just that like the endless cycle of like, oh, I need to get up and stop being a piece of crap, but I don't want to, but I need to, but I don't want to. And then a whole day, a whole weekend passes by and it really impacted very close relationships of mine in a bad way. And, um, it's funny cause you know, earlier we talked about like, maybe it's an age thing. Do we have more of a conscience? Are we more aware? And so I, I've been approaching 40 with like, okay, I, I got to break the cycle in some capacity. And I know there are things I do that don't help it. And I know that there are things I do that do help it. And, you know, just without getting too personal between you and me, I'll, I'll probably look more into this rumination thing because that's, if that's just something I just can't help, you know, why not give myself a, an even playing field? So absolutely. And, and, and definitely let's, you know, message me after we do this podcast and, and let's, uh, let's talk on the phone more, man. Cause that gives me purpose to, to, to talk to you about it, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. I, I remember, you know, there, there was a few times where I think you must have just sensed something going on with me and vice versa. And you'd say something hilarious and be like, oh, I'm good. And, uh, for, for people listening like this, the, like you, you don't know, like I talked about this with Joey. Um, if you think somebody may need to hear something from you, just do it. You never know. Cause the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to quick emoji react. But the, the simplest, Hey man, you okay? Or hey, just think, think of you like that can go a long way for people. Um, God damn it, Perry. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you, Joey's, I mean, Joey got voted, uh, by a fucking landslide, uh, him and, um, I think it was, uh, was it Casey or Katie, uh, or Carrie, maybe it was Carrie, uh, just bet sportsmanship <clears throat> the national. Um, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the woman's name. Casey Reed. Yes. Casey Reed. Yeah. And it was interesting because I looked at the number of likes they got and, it was so much more likes. I think there were like 150 each or something like that. Don't quote me. But it was more than any other team had received when they posted winning their events. And I'm not taking away anything from that at all. I'm just saying it kind of sends a message about, you know, what what is the most important thing that we, we value, you know, when we spend time with people. And that's that's treating each other well, man. You know, I mean, I was playing dodgeball. I was an asshole for 10 years, just a drunk asshole. So, you know, I'm trying to make up for that now. Um, but it really shows that's people just want, they want it. They want, it. They, they want to feel, you know, loved 
and uh, you know, unconditionally not judged. So unconditionally accepted. And then you can be your best form of yourself, you know. I always look at it when I make friends. I ask myself, what percent of the time am I gonna be my best my best self around this person? And if I can be my best self, you know, the, the person I wanna be the most, i.e. my best self, fuck, that's 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 gotta be my friend, man. So Yeah. Yeah, dude, I sure. like we said about people need that, you know, um, and it's, it's weird. Cause like people may not want to ask for it. They feel like they don't deserve it, but I mean, everyone does. Um, and talking so relaxing too. like, I mean, ab- absolutely just talking about problems and stuff. It's, it's a conditional thing, man. You know, going back to, I want to go back and talk to, uh, or talk about ruminations and shit, like historically speaking, you know, let's go back all the way to Neanderthal and stuff like that. And, you know, we've got this rapid dopamine, you know, drug addicted need for attention and validation nowadays. And, and Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that need, you know, I need my fix, but I wonder what it was like when you were in Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal days, like you fucking woke up, there's your fucking, there's your fucking meal. You know, yeah. There was no food for less, food for more, no fridges, no preservatives, no preservatives. So your meal was on four fucking legs, and so it ran around all day. And you know, you had rocks. That's all you fucking had. So my question is, were you stressed out every second of your fucking life? You know, I don't think so. I don't think biologically you could have been program that way because you would have had a fucking heart attack and there was no doctors back then i think back then you were totally chill you're walking around you're going all right i gotta get some food but i'm not gonna stress all right i know i'm gonna die if i don't get food but i'm not gonna stress like nowadays you know you put a person out in the middle of nowhere and they don't have any food I mean, what do you think is going to happen? You know, they're going to fucking stress every single second, right? So I think our our uh, our brains have changed biologically. We need that dopamine. Um, it leads to ruminations. And uh, check out CBS, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I imagine the stress back then was for a reason. Um, you know, we back then... <clears throat> we didn't have credit scores or mortgage payments or, you know, social media or, you know, like, like nine tenths of the crap that we worry about nowadays. I mean, not True. to take away from True. anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not to take away from anything that stresses people out, but like, it just wasn't there. Like you said, you woke up in nature, you woke up, you're part of a tribe. <clears throat> the stresses were probably, Hey, I hope this, there's not a saber tooth tiger around to eat me. Uh, I hope my family's okay. Um, got protected village. Also these guys over here, this neighboring tribe, they look pretty sus. They're going to attack us. Like there was definitely, <laughs> there's definitely some like, <laughs> say the neighboring tribe looks pretty sus. It looked pretty sus, bro. Let's, let's go attack them first. I mean, there's, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's over there. I don't know. Looks like tribe. Sus. Do they know alphabet? No, let's take them. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, 
without trying to read too much into it. Like, but you're right. Simple, you're absolutely Since, right, dude. Yeah, there wasn't as many problems, man. You know, you needed food, you shelter, needed shelter, uh, community, water. You know, that's it. Food, yep. shelter, and water, man. You know, if you were warm, if you had food, you know, you had water, you could poop anywhere. You know, no mortgage payments. You know, didn't have to renew subscriptions once a month. Fuck, dude. You know, no Cox cable bill. Yeah, but, you know, if you broke your leg, you're, you're done. All right. That was a good game, life. Time to, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or you're out in the cold a little bit too long. Yep, I'm I'm done. It does a great twenty year run. I outlive most of my <laughs> most of my family. <laughs> so there's definitely a downside to it. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think the what brain happened? is <laughs> what, what happened to Ugg? Uh, Ugg got hit by wildebeest. Is he going to make next inning? No, no, no. He's Do done. we eat Ugg? Ugg is delicious. Yes. <laughs> you know. All right, he Ugg. <laughs> R.I.P. Ugg. Yep. Did we make? Do we make coffin? No, haven't been invented yet. Oh, cool. No need to stress. <laughs> yeah, I. You can go back to like what I said earlier about hundred years ago. You know, we we just just the amount of crap that's in our systems and out there really messes with us. And I we talked about this last episode or earlier in the episode. Like, I love going to dodgeball. I love playing because I I can just go mindless for like. 20 minutes and if i'm playing open gym for two hours or if i'm playing in league for 45 minutes if i if i don't think for five minutes i'm i'm just so happy um that's why i keep coming back man how about you well that's why i get hammered uh <laughs> i still get hammered once a week i mean it used to be like three four times a week but you know i used to get hammered once a week because it just you, you just you don't think it's fantastic you don't even have to think you just feel Yep. So, um, but I, I still fuck. Wait, what was the question? What were you asking me? I know you were talking about you go, you go once, uh, you go to just get your mind off things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the essence of sports, man. You know? Yeah. Um, a couple more questions. Uh, speaking of community. So Abdul Saeed, who I think is making a comeback. I, I saw his post on East coast dodgeball. A lot of people seem pretty excited at the prospect of him coming back. So if you're listening to this man, like, I hope you do. Um, good luck in the MMA endeavors. But, like, you know, it's it's always good when somebody comes back. It's always sad when somebody leaves. Um, so anyway, uh, oh, he, he asked. Doing, he was doing MMA? Wow. Yeah, I think he's got a fight coming up soon, actually. Um, or, yeah. But um, <clears throat> he says, Dave, how do I approach chicks at the gym? And do you have a do you have a Dave's Dodgeball Dojo video I can refer to? Thanks, and I'm so glad he brought that up. You said don't refer to the missed chicks, but uh, yeah, is there a Dave's yeah. Dodgeball Dojo yeah, for this for this man? Yeah, don't 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 refer to him as chicks. First of all, um, you promised him a great answer. All, just just saying, you said step two, listen to the interview, and I will give you a great answer. So no pressure, man. Yeah, no, absolutely no pressure. Let me just. Uh, circulate some oxygen in here see if some of it hits the brain the medulla oblongata so i would say the first thing is, is that let me let me explain something to you abdul if i can because i'm old and wrinkly like the 405 meets the 101 okay a lot of intersections on the face uh first of all i, I want to create an analogy when you go to a gym uh women are or women are you know some women are just they're there to focus you know 
They're there to put the work in. Other women's are peacocks. Okay. But here's the thing about a peacock. Okay. A peacock, you can't approach a peacock. A peacock will approach you. So if you see a woman that's attractive there, you got to wait for them to approach you because the last thing a woman wants is to be bothered while they're trying to do their workout. You know what I'm saying? So I would say that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is if you're looking for a woman that likes a dork, um, you've got, you've got a possibility there, you know, because women go to the gym to just like we were talking about sports, get away from things, get in shape, but also just to go mindless, you know, I mean, everybody's got all the, most of them have earbuds in, they're doing their thing. They just want to get away from the stress of life. Right. Of course. But humor, 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 humor is a great way to always get women. Okay. Women, the number one thing women like, they like uh, broad shoulders. Uh, you got to look like Brad Pitt, but also humor. I think humor's like third. Well, money's, I think money's fourth. Humor's third. Yeah, that sounds good. So, by the way, I'm bullshitting. Uh, for the, the women here, please, please no bad emails. You're all beautiful. So here's what you got to do. You got to go with humor. Um, what you want to do is you want to bring a ski mask and come with a buddy. Okay. Oh, God. And <laughs> bring a ski. Don't, don't come in with the ski mask. Okay. Not in today's climate. Once you get in there, put on a ski mask. You know, I actually could do this solo. And um, you want to get a purse. Okay. And bring a purse with you. Okay. So you've embraced your feminine side. That's always a good start. And then you want to go to the rowing machine, you know, the standing rowing machine, right? And what you're doing is, is you're putting the purse in the front where the handles are and you're pretending to, to pull away the purse. So basically you're, you're training to steal a purse from a woman. And that's really, really funny. If you do that at a gym and a woman has a sense of humor they're going to find that hilarious. And then you take off your mask. And if they're still looking at you, then you make your move. So um, please, if you could try that out, Abdul, and let me know. I swear to God, I would I would love to hear about that. Um, I think also the best place to meet a woman is a friend of a friend. Um, I met my wife online. Um did a lot of match.com and we've been to married together 15 years. So, um, but I think friends of friends are always a great starter, man, because then, you know, you're not going to be a dick to the woman and she's not going to be a jerk to you because her friends are going to judge her. So that's my advice. I think there's a lot of good in that one because if you meet through a mutual friend, odds are you're actually being your genuine self. You're not, you know, trying to do like a blind date where you're trying to put your best foot forward. You're just kind of naturally letting things happen and let the attraction build. That's, that's Absolutely. been the case for me. So yeah, I think, it encourages uh, you to, it encourages <clears throat> you to be yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the next question is how do you keep them? That would probably be a, a better one, but, uh, I digress. Well, I mean, they say money can't buy happiness, but it's a good down payment. You know, I mean, I get it. Look, man, my wife could beat the shit out of me. She does jujitsu. 
She doesn't need me to stand up for her. She's from Guatemala. She's one of 10 kids. Um, and so she's fiercely independent. She's got her own business and everything. That all said, I think uh, women, as independent as they are, they, they love a little chivalry, man. Pay for shit. You know, pay for shit for the first month. Pay for everything the first fucking month. Pay for shit the rest of your life, whatever. You know, you'll get you'll get something back. But I think definitely chivalry is uh, dead, you know. And if you think a woman's not going to appreciate it because they're independent, uh-uh. no. I think they appreciate it because they recognize that guys get more fucking opportunities, man. You know, it's the pay scale. I mean, men, uh, on average, always make more per women. And it for a woman, and it has nothing to do with their skills. Um, one of my professors, Carrington Crouch, when I was at UCSB, he was a professor of economics for the Reagan administration, or he was an advisor. And somebody asked that question. They said, "Will women ever make more as, as men?" And he says, "On the whole, no." And of course, everybody gasped. And he says, "Look, women get pregnant, and when a woman gets pregnant." You know, sometimes they quit their, well, well, first of all, they got to take off time, right? And then second of all, a lot of times they'll, they'll decide to embrace motherhood, which is fucking awesome. And, um, you know, shy, kind of let go of their careers. Well, guess what? In the business world, it's fucking business. And if you're an employer, they just look at the the length of investment, the return for their investment. Is this woman going to work? 30 years, this is man going to work 30 years. Well, the odds are the man has a greater chance of working 30 years because they don't get pregnant. You know, whether that's sexist or not, it's just, it's business. That's how business, business runs, man. There's, there's no room for emotions, you know? So I think going back to my main point is be chivalrous, dude, you know, take advantage of the fact that you society is giving you a better chance to make more money and fucking take her out somewhere nice. By the way, wherever you take her out, you're setting the standard. If you take her out to Arby's, you need to set take her out somewhere nice the next time. If you take her out to Chez Panisse, be ready to take her out somewhere nice the next time. So, you know, understand your uh, your long-term goals here. I mean, I think if you take somebody to Arby's, you better expect her to propose to you because that's, I mean, <clears throat> oh. but what better place than, than Arby's? But uh... The beef and cheddars. I mean, well, no, don't they have brisket now? I don't even know what they have. I've, I don't eat Arby's. Okay. So I want to say they refine their menu, but I also know what you're saying is funny. So I'm not sure which way to go with this. Yeah. No, it's definitely don't take anybody Arby's. Um, yeah. Real quick. So that the thing about, you know, the, the women being pregnant, I mean, what about women that aren't like, is, is there studies where they show like women that, don't get pregnant and work the same amount of time as a, as a man make the same, or is that Um, just like a, I don't know, but it's a good question. But the media, the media just, they just share the ones where it's just general and people just talk the ones where it's like, Hey, you know, we looked at the population of America and this is what a woman get paid on average in America and man. So that's what I'm speaking to. Gotcha. So, you know, it's more um, an average, not, not yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is just a generalization based on employers that make all their decisions with a lack of emotion and look more at product and result, you know, right. so take it for what it's worth, you know. Well, I think like just the, 
the offering to pay gets you far enough. And it's just, it's just the gesture or just the, the effort I feel like is probably what matters more than just like financially speaking. And when you said, um, money doesn't buy happiness, I mean, I, I want to go to that quip of like, yeah, but do you ever see like a sad person on a jet ski? Like, no, like that's <laughs> right. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it's a good down payment. Yeah. Now I've got, you know, my students are all title one. So, I mean, I've taught title one for 20, my 25th year. So, you know, title one, for those who don't know, you know, if your income's a certain level, um, low, you get free lunch, all that stuff. And, you know, some other, you know, other, um, uh, I don't know how to say it subsidies, but you know, I mean, you can be poor and happy, you know, um, I'm just saying that, you know, money opens itself up to new experiences, man, and opportunities. So. And like you said, dude, you never seen a sad person on a jet ski. Yeah, That's there's what? there's that saying. There's also the uh, I wish I was rich enough to say that um, money causes problems or something some along those lines. Like, right? I wish I was rich <laughs> enough to say money isn't important or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, well, I paid. mean, we could go down that rabbit hole forever, but I yeah. don't want to, you know. I don't know. Whatever you want. Well, we paid so. some considerable attention to uh, Abdul, so let's move on to um, David Chamberlain. Or David, I'm sorry, sorry, Dan. Dan Chamberlain. He says, "While pre, while obviously David is a huge impact on the sport and helping grow it, what has been your favorite moment of development for the sport that you were a part of?" So, um, God, man, I would say, um, I mean, doing the TV show was was fun as hell but that was so long ago. I think, um, fucking dude, this last weekend getting to run a tournament with Mark was, was just fucking amazing, dude. You know, Mark is so detail oriented and so generous. And, um, he, he paid for, uh, Alex's plane flight. He bought eight bottles of champagne and the champagne gun. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to do the numbers on how it turned out. And, you know, my plans to reimburse him is whatever money's left over and stuff, but he doesn't care, man. I mean, he just loves the sport and he, and his, he gets purpose out of, you know, uh, organizing stuff and, and being a leader and, and, uh, setting a high fucking standard. So that was just a thrill to, to do that with Mark. It's not lip service. It's just, I mean, he's my best friend, dude. I love that guy. So yeah, he's. I remember um, I was doing the 2019 recap with him, and he was late. And he's like, "Hey, man, sorry, sorry, I'm late. I was uh, retrieving. Um, hopefully, he doesn't. He's not upset for me for sharing this if he hears it. But he was retrieving those birds, those like scooters, the electric scooters." Yeah, always fucking entrepreneur. He was rocking the shit out of that, dude. Yeah, but he said that he was doing that because he had to pay for the expenses that weren't covered with elite nationals. And I was like, holy crap, man. Like, you're like, everybody's done. Like, people are ready to listen to the recap and they're ready to look forward to next year. They're looking forward to like when the dates are going to be announced. No one is out there in the streets picking crap up to pay for the event. Oh, my God, dude. He, dude, he has the best, he has the best inner character of fucking anybody I fucking know next to some of my family members. Yeah. Like he lost th- thousands of dollars, um, 
you know, he went that he didn't lose it, but he went thousands of dollars in debt, you know, because he was providing, you know, cash prizes and all that stuff, you know, and everything. And, um, I mean, <laughs> we would talk all the time, man. And I just, uh, I, I just, he would work two, three jobs, all that stuff. Now, now all of that's fucking paid off. He's, he's become so good at problem solving. Um, he has some amazing jobs he does right now and he's, he's very financially successful right now. Um, and so I'm really proud of him. That's very good. Um, I'm not going to go into his job <clears throat> and stuff. That's personal stuff. Yeah, we don't do too far into Mark's life, but yeah, I know. Hey Mark, how you doing? Yeah. But uh, he's doing very well, and I'm very happy for him. Well, that always, that always, obviously, that was four years ago. That, that definitely stuck with me about the, and I'm not taking away from anybody else that's ever put together an event, but just the aftermath and like the what happens after a tournament that some people are willing to put up with and go through, just to give us a place to play is is pretty pretty damn impressive. And um, I like I said earlier, it was it was good to see Mark like back at it again, looking happy and and uh organizing an event so um i mean that's very recent man like do you have a what's that yeah and and i'll say this too i mean i love usa dodgeball i appreciate they gave us the balls and i know they're going to continue to grow and do great um but i mean i don't know anybody that runs a better dodgeball event than mark you know so uh but go ahead with what you were saying man i'm sorry oh no worries i was gonna say um that was a very recent like event that you what did Dan ask? Uh, what has been your favorite moment of the development of the sport? So aside from that, do you have like a close second? I'll, uh, well, I'll tell we you. won the championships uh, season two, extreme dodgeball. You know, we, we made 25 grand and, you know, I played with Kel Watron. Uh, he was a quarterback for Utah State. And so it was just really fun. It was intense, man. And um, yeah, that'd be my second. I, I would say your first should have been when we were trying to figure out what our team chant was for the Texas shade. And I believe you formed yourself into a tree and you said shade and that became the icebreaker for us. Stuff. Oh, I got it. I got it. That's awesome. Yeah. We had the best cheer, dude. We had the best cheer. I remember that dude. Everybody was looking at us and, and judgment, but in a good way, <laughs> uh, my, you know what my, my second or third favorite is, we did a, this is when we took third at the UDC championships and we we're playing a team from Houston, um, on the trampolines. So I tried to cut my short short, right. Um, to be a distraction. Oh God. I think I heard this story. Yeah. But yeah. what happened is like, I cut out the mesh lining cause I was drunk. I was fucking hammered. And so my balls were hanging out. So we're playing on the trampoline and, um, I wiped out like three or four guys in one game. And I was like, how the fuck did I do that? Because these other guys were younger and shit. You know, I was in my 40s. And um, Vince's wife came up to me. I think it was Vince or Vince's wife. And they were like, uh, yeah, we can see your balls, dude. So that was funny. And then the next year I got to do, I got the commentary job. So I guess that helped. <laughs> what a what a glow up, as they say. <laughs> for being, for, I said, what a glow up. Like when you compare the, the two, like. Yeah, so no shit there I was, balls hanging out, wearing Daisy Dukes, drunk as crap at UDC, taking third. Next thing I know, I'm sitting next to uh, Brittany Masro commentating. <laughs> Man, what a, what a journey, you know, Dave. Like, 
what the, what the fuck, dude? I mean, that was like putting, you know, I was like, hey, you know, like I killed Anna Nicole Smith, and now I'm, you know, doing uh, commentary for NBC. You know, I mean, Jesus I don't even kill anybody, but it's just kind of weird how shit happens, you know? Yeah. That um, was an OJ reference. Yeah, for those I, I people out there. I know, but um, somehow I knew what you're talking about. But Anna, Anna Nicole Smith was um, a model. Right, she was oh, the playmate right. that I, married the old was, guy. Who was who was the? You know what? I'm gonna stop. I don't yeah, want to go you know, murder. You know, let's not play. Where's Waldo? Here. What's sad is you caught me laughing at that. So uh, I guess my dark humor is showing. Uh, we'll move off the X. Um, okay, Kyle uh, Tomazov. How do you say his name? Oh yeah, Kyle, man. He says AC Ducey. AC Ducey. What is that? AC Ducey. I figured that was a inside joke or some kind of inside reference. I was probably drunk at the time, but Kyle's a, Kyle's a welder now, man. He's got a great career. I haven't seen him play dodgeball. I remember recently, but I remember 10 years ago, we did a tournament with saw. This was fucking amazing. Uh, saw had like, like 20 cages in this arena down in NLA at this carnival. And it was all muddy and shit. We all played dodgeball. And I remember uh, Kyle playing in that man. Great guy. Nice. Um, I think that was it for the questions. Yeah, I just said, hey, great questions here. Um, most of them pertain to Wakapalooza, so I said I would reach out to you later and, and, and discuss these. So thanks for, for, for going through those, man. I'm just making sure I got all of them. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, we'll start posting, you know, six months out. So um, we'll get more teams next year. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's out there. So now... You just got to build off it. Um, there's one question. So what I started doing, I forgot what podcast I stole this from, but the the guest will ask a question for the future guest, not knowing who that is. And it could be any question that's you know relevant. And so the person that I spoke to <clears throat> before all this, uh, Michael Davies, he had asked of the newer teams that are up and coming, what teams are you seeing have the potential to make it to top tier for next season? I don't know if that pertains to you. Um, no, to USA Dodgeball, that's fine. I think Outsiders is amazing how they've, you know, they started to win. So they, I think they had a win at the national championships. Uh, their foam game is just fucking incredible, man. And how they've performed over the past several years, stepping up their game is, I think they're, I mean, they're, I know they're a foam, I believe they're a foam team by nature, but fuck, dude, they're so good, man. So, and I like to cheer them on. So, uh, and then Atlantic uh, Dodgeball Club is starting to make themselves known. Nice. So, those are some up and coming teams I think are just going to be dominating as uh, the old timers start to retire. Yeah, outsiders are pretty disgusting in a, in a good way. Um, and then I like that you mentioned uh, Atlanta Dodgeball Club because that's where I think Shota is from. And I've been seeing a lot of him recently. So, oh my God, dude, Shota the money, dude. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Shota the money. You know? nice. He needs he needs a catchphrase like Shota the win, you know, or something. I, I like Shota the money. Shota Shota money. I don't know. I'm not gonna speak or, for him. Or he can uh, he can paint his uh, manhood green. It could be Shota the Yoda. Oh god. You know, and when he wins, he just shows his uh, manhood. I, I don't think he'll do that. So um, I think we're All good right. there. I think we're safe. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, what do you have to ask the future guest? I love guest? watching him play, though. He's fucking amazing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, 
actually I, I saw this Instagram reel of him just savagely murdering like four people in the yeah, span of like, I saw that too. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Jesus, he's man. like at the line and he's just going off on people, dude. Yeah. That was, like that was close cool. contact. Yeah, the guy's great. Yeah. You know. Hopefully you can have him on at some point, pick his brain a little bit. But um yeah, so so what question would you have for the future guest? God rest their soul. Or God help their soul. All right, Jesus. This, this, wow. this is a long one. <laughs> uh -oh. okay. Let me I gotta type this, so let me uh I, I gotta capture it in its entirety. So all right, fire away. Um, if you discovered uh, a potential cure for pancreatic cancer, but you had to test it on uh, a million baby seals that would die. And it might work. Would you do it? I hope I don't get an environmentalist or uh, PETA sympathizer. Okay, forget that one. You know what? <laughs> uh, delete that. If you could be any animal, what would you be? In okay, there you go. Thank you. I'll, I'll use that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would it be? Why? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, yeah. There we go. Perfect. That Thank you get, for saving that won't, that won't bring the dopamine out, but you know, it's it's all right. It won't create ruminations either. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was already thinking like uh, you know, I'll ask it, yeah. but <laughs> okay. That's I'll much better. It, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some hate mail. So. I'll, I'll apologize in advance to whoever this person's gonna be, but um all right. Awesome. Um yeah, man, I, I, don't, I think it's good for the crowdsource questions. I am just putting the um, it for the next interview just to kind of team myself up, up for it. But, um, dude, we've been all over the place, and I feel like we barely scratched the surface. I remember, um, and I'll, I'll have to put this on the um, on the on the thread. But you know, we had our interview a couple of years ago, and at the time I was very, oh man, I can't, I can't like mess up my clean label. So, you know, I, I, there was no way I was ever able to edit half the stuff that you had said, um, all the F-bombs. And so I just put it on YouTube and I was like, man, I feel like I kind of did it a disservice because it was, it was, I remember it being a good, fun interview. And I, I remember like every time I talk to you, man, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to get with you, but you, it's usually going to be, I'm going to laugh. And I, I really do appreciate that. And you know, I was kind of like in a little bit of a funk this, this afternoon, this evening. So talking to you has been pretty awesome, man. So I, I appreciate you for that. And, and, um, pleasure, man. this has been very relaxing for me too. I, I really enjoyed good. it. So I appreciate it, man. Nice, man. Well, I do want to ask one last thing. Um, and that is just, you know, uh, not to call you out on age, but what, what does life look like for you after dodgeball? Um, I mean, the fact that you're, you said you're 50 now, right? I'm going to be 50 December 31st. So that's wild. Um, honestly, I, that's a great question. I have no fucking idea because I still, you know, nothing's injured. So I figure another 20 years and then, uh, by then I'll just get some robotic arms. So, um, you know, I really, uh, I'll, I'll do another sport, but right now I wake up every day and I just thank God that, uh, I get to play dodgeball, man. Well said, man, because that's, 
That's how I see it. Um, yeah, I, I like to, I, you know, there's nothing like taking on a bunch of 19 year olds and uh, seeing what you're still capable of. So always got to push yourselves, man. I mean, it's just, it's the greatest feeling in the world to thwart expectations. And what about you, man? Are you, how long do you figure you're going to, you going to keep playing, man? I don't know, dude. Um, like I thought I was done December of last year. Um, for reasons I came back, things brought me back. Um, we'll see where my life goes. Um, without TMI, like there's another deployment coming up potentially November of next year. And those are hard to come back from, man. Like to just completely change my mindset to coming back to the person I was when I left and wanting to take on dodgeball again and wanting to like go up that hill of like, man, I'm pushing 40. Like I can't keep up with these kids anymore. I don't want to do like the, you know, I'm not gonna take this seriously. So do I want to just settle for mid tier at best? Do I want to just get stomped on? Do I want to fight through that? And part of me is like, hell yeah. Like, why not? Like what, what better way to why not? stay focused than the older you get, the more you, you feel good about little victories, little right. things, you know, a little catch, you know, a little this. Yeah. Or, yeah. You got to do it, Steve. You got to keep going, man. Absolutely. Dude. So good for you, man. Yeah. So healthy. Yeah. So on, on that note, like part of me is like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, you know, like Joe Quella and, and, you know, his till the wheels fall off. And, you know, the fact that you're entering 50 and you're still out there, like I, I got reason to, I ran into Tim and Jim at nationals uh, a couple months ago, like, yeah, in what other capacity would I see these guys? So um, the, the answer I've been giving is, you know, every time I play, I, I treat it as it could be my last. And so that just makes me grateful for that session, no matter how good or crappy. And um, kind of like you, man, like I kind of just like to see if I can, if I can stick with it. And at some point I'll have to walk away and uh, like you, I'll, I'll figure that out later. <laughs> like, because I, I have no freaking clue. Um, yeah, I, that that was a really weird answer. That pretty much yeah, is yeah. just like yours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, brilliant minds think alike, man. So, well, I appreciate the compliment there, man. Um, it's it's definitely fun chatting with you and trying to keep up with your humor and allowing me to kind of let out some of mine too, because I don't really get a chance to be fully off the cuff, um, which is cool. And thank you for that. Thank you for letting that keeping the f bombs in, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's uh, I was I was interviewing. Um, do you know Josh Ty? I don't. He's a hilarious dude from the East Coast, Arkham. Um, he would say bitch a lot. Um, okay. But like, you know, he's um, that was like his personality. Like, bitch, I'm doing this. Bitch, I'm doing that. And it, like, I just, I was, in, I was editing like I think like number. F- 40 <laughs> like it was just a long line of just like not 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 like he wasn't calling anybody that he wasn't like being an asshole he was just it was just how he spoke and as yeah. i was editing him I was like i'm taking away from this guy's personality i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna maybe just stop doing this because um that's how some people communicate and so you know there's there's gonna be episodes where i'll probably want to clean it up a lot but uh you know if that's if that's how you express yourself, you know, I'm not going to try to censor that. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little more loose with the censoring. Um, plus it makes my life so much easier. That's less time editing. So yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, 
think that's all I got, man, at least for, for tonight, you know, with the combination of the earlier part of the interview and the recap, this is probably gonna be like two and a half hours. So I'm pretty excited to release this one. <laughs> Time flies, that's man. Like a, uh, that's like a Nolan uh, movie, dude, like inception, you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, fucking hate it. Ben, Benice, Beneception. Beneception. Ben, Benedeption. There we go. It's not mine, dude. I swear to God, I wasn't in Hawaii, dude. <laughs> you know, what, stay, what goes in Hawaii stays in Hawaii. You know, those weren't my coconuts. What are you going to do? But, um, all right, man. Well, listen, man, it's been a fucking pleasure, dude. Thank you so much, man. You bet, dude. Anytime. And, uh, yeah, dude, we'll go ahead and uh, end the interview here. All right, so that was my more or less conversation with David um, after we got out of the Wakapalooza uh, segment. And I um, really appreciated the opportunity to talk to him. I mean, I've known him since 2007. And uh, granted, you know, it's all been within Dodgeball. Uh, to, to be able to connect with and know someone uh, over that amount of time is is amazing. And so with this episode... You know, it's kind of just letting it see where it goes, uh, trying, trying to deviate a little bit more from the scripted question. And, you know, with the exception of the crowdsource questions, which I, I felt there's some really good ones. Um, I really loved the one that Perry asked. And um, I really liked the opportunity to talk about the TikTok video uh, from Jessica. And I really just enjoyed talking to David. I mean, the guy's got an amazing personality, and I, I hope some of it showed in this, in this interview. And um, what I really liked, though, was the opportunity to kind of just uh, go into uh, depression and the whole thing about ruminating because God knows, uh, you know, I'm not the exception, and neither is David. And I'm sure a lot of us get stuck in our own heads, and sometimes it's nice to just be able to kind of talk that through with somebody. And the reason why I bring that up is because um, he and I talked a little bit offline about that, and he did extend the invite where if anybody ever needs someone to talk to, uh, to reach out to him, because uh, he, not trying to act like he's the authority, but he's definitely open to open to listen to someone that uh, is, in a, is in a hard place, and um, I would offer that as well. So um, huge thank you to everyone that's listened, to everyone that's posted questions. Um, Hopefully, if the stars align, I can make the next Wakapalooza because it sounds like an amazing event. And um, I think I'll just leave it at that. So if you're still with me, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Actually, that's what we'll do. So, give me, give me one okay. second. Um, that sounds good. So, give me. I just gonna do a timestamp. Swoosh. So. Yeah, people don't real. People don't realize, <clears throat> dude. How many? Like, you, can, you know, people that do these podcasts, they begin to just hate their words because you just got to hear yourself over and over again. You know, it's a lot of work, man. Yeah, I. I'm sick of my voice at this point. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was just going to tell myself to shut up, you know? <laughs> I tell so. myself to shut up all the time. Like, even when I'm listening to this ad, I'm like, dude, stop talking. Let let the let the guest speak. Like, fuck. But, ah, but see, actually, maybe you know I bet, Hey, you know what? We should do research, dude, because I bet people, guys that run podcasts, probably have better relationships with women because – they're always reflecting and they're uh, always like telling themselves to shut up. <laughs> that is grossly false, sir. <laughs> Painfully false.